Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. I'd rather be a podcast than a fascist. Yeah. Porco. Porco Rosso. Uh, top five guy. You think so? I think a top five guy. Right. Okay. Can I? I just want to get out of the way with something I'm. I'm kind of embarrassed by. Okay. I think this is my favorite one we've watched so far. I. I almost. Uh, I was almost certain it would be. Yeah, and this is why I'm kind of embarrassed. Okay. I feel like I'm falling harder for the the, the kind of basic shit. What What do you mean the basic? And shit? basic is relative within a Miyazaki oeuvre, right? None of okay. it's basic. No, but I don't understand what you mean. And we haven't gotten a Spirited okay. Away yet. No. Which, which I, you have seen, right? But you don't remember? When I was 15 and right. didn't right. connect you with You were like, all. I don't get what's going on. Forget it. Right. Right. And I felt kind of somewhere on the Totoro rewatch, which I'm a little embarrassed by. Don't be embarrassed. Uh, Totoro, to me, would be the, the basic one. That's like the most famous one of all. I know, but that's what I'm saying. I'm not getting into the ones that are like, oh, I see. Right. You're not getting into the super... The super Miyazaki's, whatever. Right. The like and totemic I, Miyazaki. I feel like the ones I'm getting into are the ones that are a little more Western. Like your favorites are Cagliostro and this, which are like kind of set in Europe. Kind of like. Kind of about old like. Hollywood action. Anti heroes. Right, right, right. I mean, Porco Rosso is like so consciously like kind of an homage to like 40s Hollywood. Yeah, sure. That's that's what I'm. The, my My embarrassment is. That the stuff where they're like, this is so much like this. You never would find this in American animation. Look right. at Miyazaki right. and how spiritual he is and how mm. connected to nature right. he is right. nature, and how willing he is to right. go into non-narrative places. Mm. And I feel like those ones I'm appreciating and not connecting with. Sure. Or even those elements in the movie I'm like appreciating. You don't love nature. You're not really a nature guy. I don't. I don't think of you as someone who's like, guys... Let's go to the Hudson Valley and hike. You know, like, guys, let's uh, let's stay by a lake for a week. I'm not uh, a fan of nature. Right. It has been a problem in almost every romantic relationship I've ever had. Sure, because classic, you know, uh, let's let's upgrade the relationship like all is. nature, Griffin. Let's go be in some like, nature together, yeah, right? Forest, you know, deserts. What, what, Plains. <laughs> plains? Yeah, there's, there's all different kinds like, of environments. I'll go on vacation as long as it's plains. I want to be on some plane. You're saying I'm the high planes drifter. Yeah, you're saying okay, the wild planes, not airplanes. <laughs> yeah, he means second. like planes, yeah, like with yeah, an eye. Yeah, yeah, right, right. I mean, look, I don't, I don't want to out myself as some like nature, nature hating asshole. But when you listed those things, I my body physically tensed up. All three of those things. When you said like forest, <laughs> he desert, started planes, swatting at bugs. I did. Studio. I felt. <laughs> he I started felt, putting zinc on his nose. I felt my shoulders rise a little higher, which with each of those things. Yeah. Look, I can appreciate it, but sure. like anytime I'm in nature and it's beautiful, I'm like, this is beautiful. So how long before we get into it? Um, I just feel. Oh, yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. I mean, let's let's call out some other things, right? Let's just like address all the elephants in the room, okay? I didn't realize there were so many elephants in the room. I'm not designed for this world. Okay. I'm saying my body is terrible. Okay. And it okay. feels like I'm someone who in like a society that is still actually based around survival of the fittest. Right. right. Would survive the shortest period of time. Yeah. And so I think nature scares me mm -hmm. because I'm not supposed to survive in natural environments. I only have been able to stay alive 
in this horrific in artificial like Manhattan man-made. That's the thing about you. Yes. You haven't even strayed to the outer boroughs. You're like, I'm sticking with Manhattan, like the I'm, most urbanized of the city's boroughs. I, I have strayed, but it's my home base. You've lived there. You live in Manhattan. Right. You've never lived outside. I've never lived right, outside right, right. of Manhatton. I mean, obviously you've gone to other I just, boroughs. I, I, right, I don't right, want to make right, it sound right. like nice. I'm... I've gone to Big Nice many times. Retired bit. And I travel. You're going to call yourself on a retirement? Yeah. I travel. Yeah. But I do. You usually go to cities, I would say. I do. And when I go outside of cities, I get a little stressed out. I didn't realize we were going to get into this because it's not something I've been thinking about. But yeah. No, because I was right. I've been thinking about it. You can talk, Justin. Yeah, please. Nature is awful. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, And Porco Rosso is the best music. Okay. This is great. I don't think it's that Western. It's pretty Japanese. I think even with how European it is. But it is one of his. Japanese Europe. It's one of his movies that's like explicitly not set in Japan. Yeah. This is set in Opens like a Bond movie. (laughs) Opens like a Bond movie. I'm just saying, I feel like I get the ones that are half and half. You know what I'm saying? Like Cagliostro is like Europe caper. Via like Eastern, like Miyazaki storytelling. Sure, but also via like one of the sort of most classic anime franchises, right? Right. Right. I I get what you're saying, but I think, yeah, half and half is probably the right way to think about it. And I'm a little worried going into Spirited Away because everyone thinks that's like the best fucking movie ever made. I'll say, I had, I I watched that movie for the first time. I'm around the same time, like 15 years old. I had the exact same reaction to it the first time I watched Spirited Away. was sort of like, what? This is a very bewildering movie. I didn't quite get it. I just want to be able to like, for this mini series, come back to it and be like, I get it. I'm Mm -hmm. converted. I love it. Look at me in touch with it. I love people being friends with a river. Hell yeah. Well, you haven't watched Spirited Away yet. (laughs) No, but I'm worried I'm going to watch it and have the same thing where I go like, this is very pretty. I get it. But Spirited Away is not as nature-y because it's mostly set in the bathhouse. It doesn't just have to be the nature stuff. I also feel like it's the sort of like non-literal, spiritual. Mm -hmm. I I get you. You're saying that it's not that much about nature, but it is literally about a girl falling in love with a river. Not falling in love. He needs to understand that he's a river. To get back in touch with himself. She needs to understand that she's a whole person and he needs to understand that he's a whole river. Right. And Um, this is my nightmare. My if you ask me that you were are a river? It would be like Kafka's (laughs) the metamorphosis. I'd be fine being a bug. Griffin found himself a river. (laughs) I would be terrified. And and the worst thing is I wouldn't know how to end it. Do you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Oh God, that's dark. Yeah. It's dark, but I it's true. I wouldn't know how to end it. Um Cagliostro, you liked. Loved. Uh, I'm just think, Been thinking about Lupin. Episodes. Been watching the show. Yeah, you like Lupin. Uh, like the old Lupin? You watched yeah. the old? Okay. Yeah, I've been watching like the first series. Castle in the Sky, I feel like you were into. Very into, but okay. again, it's like, it's an action movie. Like that oh, was like, an action movie. that's so for it's me. It's really Totoro was the one where you were kind of like, why isn't this like hitting some deeper? And look, thing? I like Ponyo, but I rate it below Porco Rosso, Castle oh. in the Sky, and Lupin. And I know Ponyo's your best friend. I know Ponyo loves ham. I haven't seen Ponyo. That's like the one movie. I, I just have never seen it. Ponyo is pretty cool. Hey, I love uh, Ponyo. It's pretty cool. <laughs> pretty cool movie. It's, you know, it's pretty so, so scary. And, you know, Ponyo loves Ponyo ham. Ponyo loves ham. I don't know if you met Sosuke's Ponyo. mom, but she's fucking banging. Yeah. Okay, you should. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, my God. Here's another thing. Hey, where's, I was going to raise the table for hilarious effect. Oh, okay. Uh, here's another thing. I've been I've been wondering if it 
if I should have watched these in the dubs. And I know that's like a sacrilegious mm. thing to say. Mm. I was like, I'm going to watch them all subbed because that's like. This is, I was actually going to tell you to watch this dub, but. It's fucking Michael Keaton. I, that's, I figured you were just Michael Keaton do is it. Porco Rosso? Are you fucking kidding He's me? He's pretty good. It's kind of a quiet performance by him. I watched the trailer and I was all in. Yeah, it's great. If what, I could raise the table right now, you I should would. watch it. What does his laugh sound like? Because Porco laughs a lot. And Porco, Porco laughs a lot. He does a good laugh. Okay. He does a. Because oh, 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 oh. I mean, the like Japanese that. is like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Porco in the Japanese rules, yeah. to be right. clear. I mean, you loved it. I loved it. I think now that you've seen the sub, especially watch the dub. I know. I feel like if I was a professional, I would be watching each of these two times before we recorded the episode. You don't need to watch the dubs yeah. before you record the episode because, like, it's not gonna. It's only gonna confuse the matter, honestly. But after, yeah, you can always re- go back to those dubs. I just feel like any of the small changes Most that of happen. The dubs in, are good. Yeah, and you watched. I mean, you mostly saw these as dubs before subs, right? No, I saw Spirited Away. No, mostly not. Really? Mostly not. Oh, no, you said you watched dub yes, first. Yes, yes, yes. Because that was just on TV and stuff, okay. and like, and theatrically, you saw the dub, right? And yeah. same with, but Spirited Away, I saw it in subtitled theatrically. I can't remember with how. I think I saw that one sub as well. Spirited Away, I remember seeing dubbed and thinking the dub was bad. The dub in Spirited is not amazing. Right. The 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 girl the, the main two girls are just not great. It's Lilo. Uh Lilo? Who it's plays Lilo? Da- what's her name? David Chase. David Chase. Uh, Chase. Yeah, yeah, right. Who is Lilo and is Lilo. also uh, She's Lilo, she's white. <laughs> she's like a very white girl. I know. It's I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah. Is uh, it a good performance? It's a great performance. Sure. Lilo and Stitch is so fucking good. I haven't like I haven't seen that movie in like almost twenty years. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Did I say in a recent episode? You said that that and Empress right. Nuclear okay, were, I just wanted like, to make sure best, I included it. Uh, Disney's I think offered the, since I like the, the Ashman two, days, basically. I think they're the two best films since Walt died. I don't think since the Ashman insane. days. That's not true. That's crazy. I like them more than all of the musicals. That's. I don't. I don't agree with you, but that's okay. I think Lilo is like a perfect thing. Yeah, Lilo. And I, I think, remember being great. I think Lilo is also kind of the closest that Disney has come to making something that feels a little like Miyazaki. It's very American mm. in its storytelling. Treasure Planet's got some Miyazaki, but but Lilo and Stitch is like is very like small and intimate and is all about the inner life. Mm. You know. Yeah. And a cute creature, and the way they like involve like the um, the fantastical with the like the whole relationship between Lilo and her sister, and how much of the movie is about like the single mother trying really hard, not a single mother, an older sister who is forced to become a single parent sure. and doesn't have time to like be her own age. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm watching all these Miyazaki films, feels like that is the subplot to every Miyazaki film. Often, there's some Often. sort of human spine to it, like that. Uh, Totoro, yeah. yeah. All right, well, introduce the podcast. It's a blank check with Griffin and Dave. It's a podcast about filmographies. Directors have massive success early on in their career and give a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion products they want. And sometimes they connect more with Griffin and sometimes they don't. Right. <laughs> I like them all. I haven't disliked a movie I've seen. Yeah. I just wanted to suddenly have like galaxy brain <laughs> and be like, I know Kung Fu. You know, like I get it. I get the whole thing. Yeah. But it's fine. I love Porco Rosso. He's a top five guy. We're talking about Porco Rosso today. It's a main series on the films of Hayao Miyazaki. Yeah! What's it called? It's called Howl's Moving Podcastle. And who's our guest? <laughs> our guest is Justin Charity. Yeah. Hello. 
Ringer. 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 Damage Control. Uh, also co-host of Sound Only. We recently did an anime podcast at the Whoa. Ringer. Yeah, we did a, an Evangelion podcast. It's called Sound Only. Oh, I did. Sound, yeah, 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 we did a mini series about Neon Genesis Evangelion, me and Micah Peters. Uh, we did like the original TV show. We did the movie, The End of Evangelion. And now we have a bunch of people in Sean Fennessy's mentions campaigning for us to do the like Evangelion reboot movies. Sure. And also Cowboy Bebop. Sure. Well, that we'll one's see. Got to do some negotiations. We'll see what happens. With that. Uh, I highly recommend watching original Lupin. Oh my god! Fucking rules is the best. He's also a top five guy. Have Rose. you watched any of the new Lupin? Like the, I haven't. I've okay. only watched uh, Cagliostro, and I've been watching the first series. Uh, if you like Porcaroso, I recommend the, the. It's sort of. It's not the most recent season okay. of Lupin, but it's one before that, which is set in like Milan. It's, it's like very Japanese European. Yeah. It's yeah. Good. Um, beautiful. Now, here, here's the thing. If you're digging into this, I've been trying to, like, exposure therapy, break down my walls with Japanese animation, mm-hmm. which I feel like I've been very selective in terms of what I've been able to connect with previously. I'm trying to, like, break through all my, my dumb Western biases, right? Uh, you love animation, though. I, that's the thing. You do yeah, love, animation. love animation. That was the whole challenge. You just got to start from there. Loving animation. We talked about yeah. this, and I've been doing it. I've been getting into stuff, but we talked about this, I think, in the Castle in the Sky episode. The fact that I love animation so much means that I, I'm i so imprinted into American animation, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. That it's like I, I have to sort of, and it's easier for me to do now, but when I was younger, I was like, this is not how I understand animation to work. Yeah, okay. Because I was a kid who got really into like structure and forms and patterns and things like that. And it was so off the beaten path from what I was experiencing. Um, uh, Evangelion, uh, everyone's complained the Netflix versions are fucked with, right? Yeah. How I, bad is it? I have complaints about people's complaints. Because I was, okay. was going to maybe take a swing at That's that, my the thing. Netflix yeah. thing. I'm thinking about watching it. Because I'm so lazy. Is it not, have they have... not fucked with it enough that watching it on Netflix is not like sacrilegious? I mean, I, my basic theory. I structured theory, that sentence improperly. My, my basic theory with all this stuff, right, is like if you're not watching something in the original Japanese. Yeah. You're watching you're watching a translation of it. Sure. So watching one translation versus the it's like you're not watching the original thing. These are translations. It's English. Sure. Like they, people they take liberties. Music? In, yeah, yeah, that stuff is more like licensing problems right. and anime just in general has a lot of problems. Like even the idea of getting Evangelion and Netflix. Yeah. It took a decade and some change right. because the fucking anime industry is a nightmare and getting the rights to anything is is very like a Byzantine process. And I think people sort of that show getting on Netflix and people being like, well, they didn't license Fly Me to the Moon. It uh-huh. just felt like, kill me now. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. They also replaced Fly Me to the Moon Sinatra's with another like- classic song from the original series. It's not like they replaced it with Gangnam Style or something. Yeah. It's Although they, that sounds kind they, of fun. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, just imagine trying to explain uh Neon Genesis, Neon Genesis Evangelion to Frank Sinatra. Yeah, <laughs> right. What are these oh, kids doing? Yeah, <laughs> they're getting in. What's a robot? No, no, no. Start there. Well, there is that amazing. I only found out about this because of uh, you must remember this. Neon, Longworth. that's a noble gas. Do you know about? I know the, my periodic table. Do you know about the Frank Sinatra space album? Yes, I do. It's one of the early um. What's the episode? You must of, remember uh, this. Love, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah, which right. was written by narrated by Karina Longworth. Yes, that's right. But I was we saying, I said this is the only reason I know about that. But he did this triple album, which is where his cover of New York, New York comes from. Right, but it's also like him going like Pluto, what a place. It's so, you know, three like, discs. Know. Okay, it's a triple album. It's called Past, Future, Present. First disc, Frank doing his classics, right? The standards. Okay. Second disc, 
Frank covering like present day, like recent songs. So he does New York, New York. Uh, that's him, I think, doing something yeah. for the first time. That's it's yeah, right. The present, right? right. A right. lot of the sort he does of like, like a Billy Joel song. He does a Neil Diamond song. Right. You, you the post seventies Sinatra covers right. that are famous all come from that second disc. Right. And then the third disc, no one talks about, which is Future. The Future, and it's Frank singing like, "And what of Pluto, <laughs> yes. the smallest planet?" Yeah. It's incredible. It's got this like bizarre like Ziggy Stardust production. It's a great album. That, 1980, I think. Yeah. Came out. It's incredible. It's old Sinatra. So maybe he was like, I'm digging your vibe, baby. More <laughs> robot suits. <laughs> I, I went to Japan once. Yeah. I'm not allowed to re-enter due to <laughs> a diplomatic agreement. <laughs> Had to be struck by Jimmy Carter. Oh my god. <laughs> I called in a favor because I am deeply connected to the American mob. <laughs> These crazy little green men, I love them. I did oh, a super boy. cut of all the impersonations that I've ever had I was, on this podcast. We should. <laughs> yeah. I was driving down 66 with Jimmy Hoffa, and we ran into these real alien cats. He shot him in the face, and we buried him in Nebraska. I just, I just, 66 go to Nebraska. I remember Angie Dickinson and I took a wild weekend trip to Area 51. Should Frank Sinatra have voiced Porco? Oh, he would have. I mean, if you, you mean like from here to eternity or what, you know, like that era of Frank Sinatra? You know, you could pick him up, put him in a Bible. (laughs) Curse it, curse it. But when I was looking for. When I realized that Keaton was the voice of Porco Rosso and I wanted to find a trailer for the dub so uh-huh. I could hear the voice, yeah. I found a YouTube clip of when they were playing all the Ghibli films. I think it was right before Disney properly released all of them. Sure. But they were playing them all on Turner Classic Movies. And Lasseter and Ben Mankiewicz would do the introductions together. And Ben Mankiewicz made a really interesting point where he was like, this is, of all the Miyazaki films we've been covering, this is the one that probably fits most at home on TCM. Absolutely. Because it's the it's, one movie that feels like it could have been made. It's 50% like that. Right. And then it's 50% kind of wilder Miyazaki shit. And right. there's a pig. But he said he was like, you could imagine the three leads in this film being right. played by like Gary Cooper and Carol Lombard. And I forget who the third person he said was. But I think the answer is Sinatra would have played Porco Rosso. He could play Porco. Right? Older Sinatra could play Porco. Like, you know, 50s Sinatra. Come back to Sinatra. Oh, you're right. You That's know, Babyface Sinatra could play the, 50 the other Sinatra guy. 50s Sinatra would have been yeah. too young to play old Porco, but old Sinatra is the perfect guy to play no, Porco. No, 50s Sinatra can do it. 50s Sinatra could do it. He, he he was pretty old in the 50s. Man with a golden arm Sinatra. Yeah, because yeah. in, in the 50s, he's in his mid to late 40s. I always forget he was such an old man. He was born in 1915. Yeah. He's old. Yeah. Old. But kept young by those crazy Martians. <laughs> I said, kids, I love you. You can kids. stay on this planet. And I'll sing you a song. Got to play by my rules. Some of your green Mars yeah. pills. Right, I don't know. Yeah. End <laughs> the episode. What do you think? These of kids are literally. Do you like Sinatra, Ben? I don't. Oh, yeah. blue eyes. You don't wow. like him. Take- but you I hate hippies. What's that? But you hate hippies. Yeah, he's the most anti-hippie. I don't hate hippies. If you remember... Oh, right. It's Alex, it's Alex Ross Perry Alex, who hates hippies. Yes. You actually were fine with hippies. I like 60s music. I think it has yeah. had a huge influence. I don't like Not hippie me. culture. <laughs> I dislike it. If that Charlie Manson what? rolled up on me, I would have shot him square in the face. I think I got two things against Sinatra. 
A, because I'm from New Jersey, he's been shoved down my yep. throat my uh-huh. entire life. Uh-huh. Oh, sure. Uh-huh. Hobo. It's like Sinatra and Joe Budden, man. That's but what like, you're wasn't stuck Sinatra with. Sinatra like <laughs> from New Jersey and that he was born there and he would like when he was like 12, he was like, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> this place is a dump. Yeah. I mean, I think there's like a famous mugshot of him being arrested in Hoboken. Yeah, yes. Uh, I tried to kill the governor. That's like the poster that people have on their fucking college yeah. dorm room. Walls. Oh, yeah, yes, of course. Where yeah. he kind of looks like, like Don, John Dillinger. Yeah. Like, yeah, right, right. And like, okay, because we're making fun of him. You're doing his like singing kind of like shtick, uh-huh. right? It's not singing. He's just no, he's, saying stuff. No, he's an incredible he can singer. That's sing. insane. He can sing. He's but a lot of the stuff he goes for, he goes for it. He's a fantastic singer. Of course. You gotta listen to his lips and not. He's got yeah. golden pipes. But yes, later in his career, the thing you could mock was him just sort of like I went to through. a place right. and I saw a tree. Sounds fucking evocative. And, and I... Saw a bird. Wait a second. Wait a second. I sat down. Wait a second. The story's going off. Ben. Ben. You had some good songwriting. Ben. You saw the second bird. I never knew you had such a beautiful voice. Oh, yeah. I can sing. You can sing like an angel. Come fly with me. Okay. Enough of me. Where where do you stand on Bruce? As the other sort of. Will it? Bruce. (laughs) You love Bruce. I love Bruce. Bruce is my man. Bruce is like blue collar hero. Right, but like we were talking, we were about, talking this. about this, when about Bruce... how good the, the the Broadway slash Netflix special right. is, where he's like, well, I, I never worked in a factory. Yeah, <laughs> like, that is a crock of shit. It's all bullshit. Yeah. I'm a fucking professional musician. Yeah, what are you talking about? I'm a fancy Nancy. Over I had a hit here. album when I was 20. I never worked in a factory. My family Darkness was all on the edge of town. Class. Are you yeah. kidding me? I live in a mansion. Right. right, he's like, that was not my life at all. I just found it evocative. The only darkness is in the rooms I don't enter in my mansion because it's so large. Okay. Big rooms. Yeah. Well, I resisted Bruce a lot too because it was so shoved down my throat. Sure. My dad's music. But then yeah. later in life, I discovered it. And it's just like Nebraska, yeah. right born here. in the USA. There's yeah. so many, even his late 80s albums are so fantastic. He's just a great songwriter. So I've come on board to the Bruce train. Where are you from, Justin? Richmond. He's from Virginia. Richmond, Richmond Virginia. Virginia. From the outskirts of Richmond, so Virginia. So who's like Richmond's famous Yeah, songs? who's like, yeah. Uh, D'Angelo. Really? <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, I always associate Richmond with D'Angelo. What about the okay. hip-hop scene? Yeah, D'Angelo. And, I mean, uh, that's, that's uh, singing. He's yeah. more like an R&B guy. Yeah. yeah. At- atmosphere? Oh, wow. You... <laughs> Have you spent time in Richmond? I'm trying to find like no, I used you, I, you, you know the Wikipedia list where it's like yeah. famous people from yeah, yeah yeah. There's not someone like who's like shoved down the throat in the same way that Ben's talking about though. No, there's not like a clear cut like this is our pride and joy, sort of. No, this it, is the one who got out and made good. I mean, well, the, the problem with D'Angelo is hey, that D'Angelo Jason, didn't really make it out. He sort of got yeah. stuck in Richmond for a while and was going through some rough times. His, wait, his down period was in Richmond? Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. If you would read about him on local news, it was it was a rough wow. few um, years with him. Uh, apparently, what's his name? The guy with the hat, Jason Mraz. Is that how you say it? Jason Mraz. Yeah, he's from, from Richmond. I never knew that. Yeah. I had never knew that. Until or at least. Uh, Amy Mann, apparently. Wait, Has was it Dave guest Sam Rogal? No, is it? Guy? I thought Dave Matthews from Charlottesville. Africa, I yeah, but I think he's associated he with up, uh, oh, he Charlottesville. Okay. Oh, Charlottesville. Yeah. Okay. Let me see. Uh, oh, Chris Brown. Ooh. Yeah, CB is from yeah, CB is from Richmond. Ooh. Oh, Trey Songs. Okay. Trey yeah. Songs. Okay. Mm-hmm. From, I'm trying to see. Uh, Oh, well, Trey Song's from Petersburg. That's oh, and 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 uh, and uh, Guar, Guar. Oh, they're shit. from Richmond. Guar rules. Oh Do you know that Guar? Every ten years, they cycle through new characters, right? It, and they're due for a new set of characters. I might be behind on this. They might have already debuted them. 
Me, I love Quar. Those kids from Richmond. <laughs> yeah. Those crazy kids from Richmond. I love them with their helmets and their <laughs> oversized weapons. And their I went blood. to a Quar show once. I got sucked in the jaw. It was part of the experience. Nothing <laughs> I love more than a couple hep cats from art school coming up with a conceptual theater project that somehow charts as a legitimate band, baby. Hep cats from art school is definitely what Richmond is now. Yeah. It was not like that when I was growing you up. Ask me it's... who the best kids making music today are. It's Devo and Guar for me. <laughs> Frank Sinatra. God, Devo would hate Frank Sinatra. But Frank Sinatra would love Devo. I get it, kids. You don't like disco either, right? Right. These kids, they can't stop whipping it. How is this the bit we arrived on for Porco Rosa? Because Frank Sinatra is the lead yes. voice performance yeah. in the English dub of Porco yes, Rosa. The, yeah, that's it. That's he should have been. It should be live action Porco Rosa. Rip. 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 Um... I'm just not surprised that you love this movie. I am surprised you did not flip your audio channel over to English just to at least check out Old Keeney. I was really tempted. I did it for a second or two, but I was like, I'm going to watch this a second time. I love yeah. this movie. Let me like fully engage with it. And it, as the the master himself intended. Yeah. But God, it's so fucking tempting to hear that. Like, you know why I didn't flip over more? Because I was afraid I'd get stuck on it. Like all the mm. other ones we've been watching, I flip over a little bit just to get a lay of the land. And I was like, if I start hearing Keith for more than two seconds, I'm going to be sucked in. Right, right. I was telling David before we started recording that I went back and rewatched this movie last night without the subtitles, but also without the English dub. He so just I watched just it watched. in Japanese. Wow. Yeah, because it's just like sometimes I like doing that with animated stuff yeah. where it's sort of like... You get the energy, I was trying to gauge you know the, the plot, expressiveness. Right, yeah, right, right. and sort of just, just sort of, how does this movie work just visually yeah. and sort of... With the energy of the voice performances, yeah. even if I don't understand the original voice performances. Yeah. And I don't know, for such a, a weird premise of a movie, like, pretty easy to follow. Yeah, so it's, Porco Rosso is very easy. To yeah, it's, it's not that it, complicated. It's not plot light. There's yeah. not a lot of plot. It's also yeah. crazy, though, that like, he's wearing goggles the entire movie. Pretty much. He takes them off one time. And it's he's got a big, weird. bushy mustache that covers a lot of his mouth. True. Like, yes. Porco Rosso is, is facially kind of stoic. Importantly, though, and you only see this a few times, he has, like, a weird buzz in the back of his head. A buzz? Yeah, it's yes, a he buzz. Does. He's got it's a like little weirdest, buzzed part. Yeah. Yeah. He's got oh. the like a little landing strip. Yeah, exactly, like a landing strip. I don't know why. This guy's so cool. He's pretty cool. So I was in from this second. This is why one. I thought you would like. like it. I started the movie and I was like, oh, "Fuck, this is my favorite one." Yeah. yeah. The moment that he's asleep on the beach in his chair with the Hollywood magazine over his face, he has and I was a like, "Secret grotto." Yeah. This guy's a fucking pig. <laughs> you know, I love pigs too. I don't think I knew that. I mean, I, I didn't think you hated pigs. Was, you got a pig thing. I have a big pig thing. I uh, didn't eat any uh, pig products until the last five years of my life. Oh, because I felt such solidarity with pigs okay. that I was like, I'm not eating any any not pig even, derived like meat. bacon. I started eating bacon five years ago. What was wow. what did it? Uh, got you into bacon? It's so good, it's so good, so like, embarrassing. Oh my god, I don't. I, what could it be? Yeah, I wait, don't know. There's an item at Costco called the chicken bake. The chicken bake. They sell at okay. like the food stand at Costco. Yeah. Which, you know, of course, is one of my favorite places. One of your favorite places to eat, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> it looks like it looks not dissimilar from your very popular Dunkin' Donuts uh, bagel twist option. It's like a bagel twist, but stuffed with. It's kind of like a chicken roll from a pizza place. Cheese. Right, right. Uh, Caesar dressing. Sure. Uh, chicken and bacon. What was it like the first time you ordered this? Because it's somebody who didn't eat bacon until recently. What was so seductive I about think, this item? Oh God, because there were two options. There's a chicken bake, and I forget what the other one is. 
But I, I think I ordered the chicken bake without realizing there was bacon in it. That was the thing. And then I was like, oh, there's bacon in this. And then for the first time, I was like, what if I don't recoil? Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. What if I what if I keep eating this? And I liked it enough that then I started going like, let me try getting bacon on the dish. And now I get bacon on everything. Uh, my friend Jake used to say uh, uh, when I was like, I'm embarrassed I like this chicken bake thing. And I was like, he was like, of course you like it. You only like eating food dicks. Which um, then I realized yeah, many of the foods I uh, like are just big phallic hunks of food. <laughs> Like I like just like some stick of something with shit crammed inside you of do. it. You, do. you yeah. like a stick. I like That's a true. stick. You like food. Right. I like I like I think I like the just being able to like hold a stick. Yeah. It's very you just like food. Is it's... you just laughing at food dicks, Ben? Yeah. <laughs> Ben's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I love pigs. When mm. I was a child, didn't have a pet. Most of the kids at school had pets. And I felt left out. I had an imaginary pet pig named Oinky, and I would tell people I had a pig. Yeah. I have a cat named Pig. I know. That's true. That's confusing. Named after Miss Piggy. Okay. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Well, it was like a a culmination of that, and when I brought her home the first time, she made a mess of my apartment. Oh, she's a pig. Uh, Like, she turned into a pig style. Yeah. she, uh, She did all the business on herself, so then I had to try and put her in the shower. And that wasn't good. And then she just ran around and teared everything up. This sounds like, uh, funny. Pig. Yeah, this does sound funny. I wish I could watch that. <laughs> yeah, why don't you film that? Yeah. Okay. Hey, cat ownership is tough. <laughs> ben, you should pitch this to Queeby. Get Sinatra oh. on board as a producer. Okay. I love what Katzenberg's doing over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the kids like six minute things. When Ben pitched me his crazy project, I said, Katz and Katzenberg, it sounds like a match made in Pluto. I'm Pluto, the smallest of the planets. (laughs) Do you think if he was back today and he heard that, like, Neil deGrasse Tyson made Pluto not a planet, he'd be like, I'm going to punch that guy. I hope he would make Neil deGrasse Tyson diss tracks. (laughs) diss tracks. Do you think Sinatra would have been like you are a fucking chump to go like full McCartney and like you know guest on like a Kanye track or you know what I mean like you know collaborate? Don't you imagine he'd be like the subject of lots of clickbait, right? Like he would just give outrageous. Oh yeah, he'd be like he'd have he'd be like Shatner on Twitter. Yeah, yes, yes, that's exactly it. That's exactly Trump tells it like it is. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) He's a New Yorker. Like say what you want about the guy, but he's got brass balls. (laughs) How old was he when he died? Let's find out. He, Sinatra, he died in like 86? the 90s. Uh, 82 in 1998. Yep. I remember, that's the sketch I remember most from when Giuliani hosted SNL. Do you remember that he hosted the night that he won the election? Yes. And uh, he, um, uh, there's a sketch that's Giuliani as an old Italian mother, I think with Sherry O'Terry. Wait, Giuliani cross-dressing? That sounds crazy. Yeah, it's not in New Jersey. And the premise is that, like, Sinatra's kind of been on his deathbed. Okay. And they're, like, all terrified. Like, everyone knew, like, Sinatra, right, Sinatra we might lose die. him any day. Sure. I just remember that. It's a weird, a weird cultural So Sinatra's artifact. not in it. It's just about that. It's Giuliani as the matriarch uh-huh. with and his two adult like, daughters. You know, yes. May Sinatra not got die. Got the framed picture. It's right. Frank will never die. I'm crossing myself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I prefer Giuliani's early funny work. Yeah, you like that? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Right. 
you know, making the Staten Island Ferry free. He did yeah, that. Very funny. <laughs> good, <laughs> good bit. stuff. Yeah, Great good bit. bit. Yeah. Um. So Porco Rosso. So this is your. <laughs> Rather be a pig than Giuliani voter. <laughs> when did you come to this movie, Justin? It sounds like you were later in terms of getting to most of the Miyazakis. No, I saw. It's funny. Like no, we, you, you were saying earlier. Like I actually didn't like. Mm, a few of the Miyazaki movies that okay. I saw when I was a kid. Mm. Um, and I, I watched Totoro for the first time like several years ago and mm-hmm. loved Totoro. Mm. And so I just assumed that my takes from childhood were bad. Right. Um, and yeah, I would say like maybe six or seven years ago, like I watched Totoro, I watched Nausicaa, um, I read the Nausicaa manga, which mm-hmm. is like much larger and like a lot more sprawling than mm-hmm. the movie. Um, and I got to Porco Rosso maybe like two or three years ago, mm-hmm. and I wanted to fucking kick myself. I yeah. had the same. I I just had this sense of, I don't know. There's there's sort of this myth of Hayao Miyazaki of like what he's like, mm-hmm. um, that not that many animators get. And you Go know, on. it's you look at Miyazaki and he's just like smoking cigarettes and being extremely like dark and sarcastic in interviews, right? And then you watch Porco Rosso. Yes. And Porco is not like that. He doesn't have that weird, glib, yeah. sort of nihilistic mm. edge that Miyazaki has. But everything else about Porco, like the fact that he's just a guy who's like working on his fucking airplane and he's mm-hmm. smoking cigarettes. It's like, oh, this is this, this is Miyazaki. who this is. The guy yeah. who makes these movies. Yeah, This is my insight into who he is. He's a pig. Yeah, I feel like, yes, I do feel like I get a, a greater sense of him watching this movie. Him as, a, a, as an actual person. Sure. Not what his worldview is. No, yeah. The, you yes, know? him as a person is in this, is the most in this and Windriser. Yeah. yeah. Which are the most plainy movies. Right, which totally, Which is his totally. true obsession. Right. right, and that thing of just like, I can't relate to you if you're not well-versed in planes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's funny because like Porco Rosso. I really Rosso, just want to talk about planes. Yeah. And this <laughs> is around the time, like, you know, Porco Rosso is adapted from, it, it's like they're Miyazaki manga that are actually larger and feel more manga-y, but mm-hmm. Porco Rosso is like adapted from a 15-page manga that's right. just, I think Miyazaki has talked about it and been like, yeah, just fucking in the 90s, I really loved drawing planes. And there are three different art books in manga where he's just drawing planes and he's getting right. insanely detailed about like, like World the Nausicaa War I manga is a big hefty multi volume right right right, right, right. whereas okay. the Porcaroso stuff is just here's some planes okay this this is the thing I want to read okay so right he writes a manga called The Age of the Flying Boat but the film was originally planned as a short in-flight film for Japan Airlines yes. based on the manga grew into a feature-length film. Yeah, That's which is wild. insane. If you look at the manga, it's like you can read it in five minutes. <laughs> it's yeah. 15 pages, you read it in five minutes, and that's the movie Porco Rosso. Yeah, but it's also like if they were like, Delta Airlines hired Martin Scorsese to make their <laughs> in-flight film, and he got so caught up with it, it turned out to be The Aviator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that is the craziest origin of a film I have ever He often heard. wants to do a short film, and then it's like, oh, this is a feature. Yeah. It happens to him. I just yeah. love that they're like, Miyazaki, right. it's really simple. In-flight movie. Right. Why don't you take the character from just that manga? talk about planes for a second. It's literally it's just buckle the right. seatbelts, the <laughs> oxygen bags, exit rows. And he's like, cool, cool, cool. It has expanded into a 90-minute narrative. <laughs> about war. Fascism. fascism. Yeah. Yes. And uh, the toll it takes on men and turns them into pigs. When they try to enter heaven and are rejected. As if they were like, it's a short walk. It's the book is about planes, right? Yeah. 
And he was like, I, I cannot. What if Porco Rosso still had a scene where Porco Rosso gave out safety? And yeah, where Porco Rosso <laughs> is like, p- apply your oxygen mask first yes. before, before uh, you're helping others. Yes. Um, that always freaked me out when I was a kid. Hate it. Yeah. Don't like it. No. Don't like flying, actually. I know you don't. I love it. You love it. Yeah. I just crazy. Don't like cars. Have you ever been love in a cars. small, like, single engine plane? I have. I feel like I have. I have. I got to fly <laughs> one. Someone let me fly a plane. Who? Mm. Cool. Yeah. What? What should we? Let's let's just uh, my, call the FAA yeah. right now. My friends, <laughs> take away this person's license. Please my, tell me the statute of limitations isn't up on yeah. this horrible crime. Is my friend's uh, irresponsible stepdad? Uh huh. Okay. This yeah. is when you were a kid. He was yeah. like, "Take the stick, kid. Yeah. Up is go, and down is stop." And I, I fly he, me to the moon, and baby. Would, and he let me kind of just do that kind of move. I'm like gesturing. We're like, I kind of turn the plane on its side. You did like a half barrel roll. Yeah. Fuck Ben. I wanted to go to space camp <laughs> so bad ben. as a kid. You did. You and I, my mom man. was like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Like, what? Are you, we're buying food, not space camp." Meanwhile, you're doing barrel rolls like a fucking Star Fox. It was great. I hate Star Fox. <laughs> Miyazaki should make a Star Fox movie. This movie is almost a Star Fox movie. Yeah, and it, it yeah. has a pig yeah. man yeah. flying. Especially like the last 20 minutes of this movie. Yeah. Very, very, you know, slippy get back here. Slippy get back here. Do a barrel roll. <laughs> yes. I, I should mention, though, having to eject. Hey, Fox, like, I'm on your plane side. crashing, that was, that was unfortunate. Oh, For you? God. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, I don't think I've told this story on the podcast before. Okay. I went to space camp. Wow. No, you fucking went to. <sighs> I went to Which space one? camp. I went Florida, to. What did you do? I went to Florida. Oh, I okay. I had this brochure. You went to the place where I had the brochure for. Yeah, I hate this. No, but out. but here's the story. It's a somewhat traumatic experience for me. One of the centerpiece attractions is the the well they there's the gyroscope which everyone watches from the side and goes like. That's I'm, what I think of. Right? I'm going to be able to handle that. Oh, I would, whereas I'm impossible. like, oh, uh, no, I won't yeah. be attending. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Keep the deposit. Everyone lasts three seconds. Everyone yeah, right. lasts three right, seconds, right. right? Then the final thing is uh, when you get to do the simulation of the cockpit, and they give you a binder that has a script, and everyone has a role. And my role was exercise expert, which was such a fucking bummer kind of a disastrous role for you it was like you're on the exercise bike and you have to keep a log of how it you're fucking how long does this simulation take like an hour okay okay you're like in like a capsule yeah and it's like oh you're the pilot you're the engineer you're the exercise expert and one person gets to do like the spacewalk uh-huh. Like, right, one person right. gets to go out in the arm and, like, and that role is so much cooler than everything else. But you're not floating, right? You're on, like, a robot. They're, they're That's like, cool. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. I mean, it's not like a robot arm. It's, like, it's pretty uh, it's like gymbals or analog, right. yeah, but right, someone's, right. like, maneuvering you around cool. while you're on a rig or whatever. Yeah. From my memory, uh, exercise, uh, you know, scientist is the worst fucking position. I hate it. But I was already at this point, like, completely traumatized because... The other big thing is, here's our zero gravity, like, sort of simulation. Okay. And the way they do it is, it's essentially like a, wall, a rock climbing wall, okay, okay? with, like, pulleys. Uh, except the wall is just kind of like a grid. It looks like the set for, like, rent or something, right? It's like a metal, like, grid of bars and shit. And on the, uh, the pulley, the other side of the pulley is on the other side of the grid. And on that side is... Uh, your weight in iron weights. Yeah, in pounds, right. Like, yeah. So they weigh you before you get on it, and then you get on this thing, and because there's an equal weight, 
when you jump up, it like feels like you're sort of zero gravity and you can clamp the wall and whatever. And that's their like simulation of like, this is what it feels like to, you know, be able to whatever. Um, I was a, uh, a, a, like a dangerously underweight kid. Right. So they just took like, you know, somewhat sack lunch and put it on the other side. Well, it was a thing where my dad was like, if you get to a hundred pounds, I'll buy you a Tamagotchi. Sure. And Did I you wanted ever get that Tamagotchi. I finally got it. That was a very old statement. Yes. You got it, but it was in 2015. Yeah. I got it for my 30th birthday. (laughs) My parents finally got me a Tamagotchi. You finally hit the hundo. Right. But I was like 60 pounds and they were like, you got to eat more. And they're like funneling ice cream into my mouth. Like everyone's afraid I was going to die. And they were just like gain weight, gain weight, gain weight. And uh, I got on the scale at space camp and I was like, oh my God, I'm 105 pounds. Hey. And I was like, this is crazy. I can't wait to call my dad. Tell him, get get a Tamagotchi ready for me. I'm coming home, and I'm cracking an Crack egg. Crack that egg, exactly, right? yeah. Uh, and of course, uh, I had not miraculously gained 30 pounds just while at space camp. Uh, there's ice cream, though. Their scale was broken. And so they plugged me in, and they let go, and I shot up to the ceiling. And you're in, like, a big, like, hangar. And they couldn't get me down for two hours. No. Should I not have gone to space camp? I cannot exaggerate. This is space like, camp sounds so stressful. Yeah. yeah. Did you, you know sleep that, over? Like you had to like yes. stay there for a yes. few days. And I left my Elmo doll at home, and it was a nightmare. I didn't know you had an Elmo doll. I had an Elmo doll. You're a big Elmo kid. I was a big Elmo kid, but the other part of it was that I would sleep on the Elmo every night, like on as a pillow. Elmo. Oh. Okay. Like pillow Elmo head. <laughs> Justin and I just sort of shared a look. Yeah. yeah. What about pillows though? Do you ever hear about those? They're great. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have like eyes and a nose. But I was so used to that shape that when I got old enough that I was like embarrassed about the Elmo, I'd hide it in my pillowcase. It's pretty cute. Yeah. Griff, you were a weird kid. <laughs> Me? I know this has never been reported on on this yeah. podcast before, but uh, you were a weird kid. But my main takeaway from Space Camp is two hours where they were like with a megaphone, like, the only way you're getting down is by yourself. We don't have, there's no way for us to get up there and to reach you. And there's so much weight working against you that they were like, you have to reverse climb down the grid. Right. I'm not sure that I like the idea of space camp telling me there's no way for I, us to, that doesn't sound right. I didn't like that it sounds, either. That's not the problem solving that I saw in a movie like First Man. I feel no. like the whole point is problem solving. I was like nine years old. Right. I was like two foot one. I weighed 60 pounds. And they were like, you're going to have to use your brute strength to, yeah. to carry your way down to the ground again. Right, right, right. No Elmo. Broken no Elmo. scales. Broken scale. Exercise expert. Terrible. Fucking racket. <laughs> Porco Rosso. <laughs> Rosso? Rosso? I say Porco Rosso. Rosso. Because it Rosso. rhymes. Yeah. Porco. Um, he's the red pig. The crimson, the crimson pig. pig. He's the crimson yes. pig. Uh, do you like that typewriter intro in all oh, the languages? Love mm-hmm. it. It's pretty good. That's the thing. Like, right away, I was like, this is kind of funny. <laughs> you know, I was like, I'm jamming on this movie. This movie's this movie's having a laugh. It's playing um, with the form a little bit. He's a World War One fighter ace. He is. He's a freelance bounty hunter. Yeah. He's Griffin's best friend. He's one of my best friends. He chills out in a cove. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He loves old Hollywood. Uh, sure. But he pushes people away. Yeah, because he's, he's a pig. He's a disgusting pig. Uh, all middle-aged men are pigs, as he tells us late in the movie. Uh-huh. That's why he's a pig. Is it's either that or that heaven maybe rejected him and turned him into a pig. 
Right. 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 Like sort of like 50 of one, 50 of the other. Right. <laughs> yeah. But also war makes pigs of us all. Yes. I mean, I like this thing that it's like he's the best at doing a thing that's inherently kind of fucked up. Sure. You know, um, they're like, what a hero. He shoots people out of the sky. Um, he's like, I'm this disgusting pig. I right. murder people. As you said, he shoots children in the beginning of he it. Di- he di- he. The movie opens with him. Right. It's like so heroic and it's this Bond yeah. style like, ah, oh, everything's happening. Right. And he's like shooting at children. What a dash! <laughs> Unintentionally, but he's shooting yeah. at children. Yes. Right. Well, there are these air pirates. Right. Yeah. They got big beards and big teeth. It's you great. gotta take them down. I love the, I love the pirates. The pirates, so are so the pirates are so good. The pirates are so great. They're so much fun. Oh, why opening with a bunch of pirates kidnapping a bunch of stuff like young girls? Why? That's it's good. That's it's good. good. I'm like, but all that's the thing. There's the no point asking why. That's the beauty of this movie. But I love the girls being like, "Oh my god, look, they're pirates!" <laughs> and the pirates being like, "Take us seriously!" <laughs> and then you cut to them like five minutes later, and the kids are jumping around, and they're like, "We shouldn't have taken all the kids. <laughs> Too <laughs> many kids. We could have proven the same point with like two kids. <laughs> this is like a handful now." Uh, and so Porco's so good that the pirates hire uh, this asshole mm-hmm. called Curtis, mm-hmm. uh, Curtis. to, uh, I don't know, help them fight Porco. Who's like yeah. Ronald Reagan combined with like yeah. Douglas Fairbanks. Yes. He's American right. and they're in Italy and right. he's just... Uh, Played by Carrie Elwes in the dub, which is funny yeah. because he was a Robin Hood parody at one point. Right, but then Carrie Elwes also plays, like he's in like a ton of these, right? Just like David Ogden Stiers. He yeah. became one of those guys. I'll yeah. just do your dubs, like right. whatever. Which is he's, funny. He's the cat in Whispers of the Heart and and the Cat Returns, I believe. Ah. I love I love Cat Returns. I haven't watched. That. Oh my god, the, the only cat Returns. Is, is, only yeah. Ghibli's I've never seen. Yeah. Cat Returns is fucking. Fire. The cat's back in this one. <laughs> he, does he return? Uh, in in Porcarosa? No, no, no. We're oh. talking about Cat Returns. <laughs> Just be stupid. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's done. You're right. He's Dilly. done three Ghibli dubs. Yeah. David Augenstiers, who plays Mr. Piccolo in the dub here, I feel like he's done multiple Ghibli dubs. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he also, he was like Cogsworth and he's, uh, yes. right. I mean, he did so many. David Ogden Sires. Yeah. He's also, uh, Jumba in Lilo and Star. Yes. Yes. And he's Kamaji and Spirited Away. And, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh, and he's the dad and better off dad. Justin, I, fr- I feel like, well, no, you, I guess you gave your, your Miyazaki, your, his personality, but yeah. do you have anything else you want to say about Miyazaki before we. Do I like when did you get into Miyazaki? Well, I would only I'd say in like the past ten years. Anime for you, or like like, were you already into anime? Well, to like to to Griffin's earlier point about like getting like uh, your relationship to Japanese animation maybe being contingent on your feelings about Western animation. Sure, I feel like it gets even more complicated because Japanese film animation is so different from Japanese TV animation. Very true. Right, and so I Japanese film animation I've been able to access much easier. Yes, yes. TV animation yeah. is tough. The distribution is totally different. Right. And as somebody who, I, I my highest loyalty in animation is to like Japanese TV animation. Yes. Mm. I think that accounts for why I used to have like a lot of trouble with Miyazaki movies. Yeah. And I was just sort of like, I don't get it. Was that it, the case from a young age too? Did you get into anime early? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I Well, I, the first anime I ever watched was Sailor Moon. Okay. Which I fucking right. love. Right. Sure. Um, and I didn't get into the Miyazaki movie. I didn't really start getting into Miyazaki until like, yeah, I'd say age like 14 maybe. And it's just so tonally different. And I also think the way that 
Miyazaki movies used to be marketed in the U.S. was so strange. They were very, I felt like they were marketed with this very self-conscious prestiginess to them. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, don't think that's that a good way to approach like, those special movies. objects. Yeah. Like right. here. Hayao Miyazaki's latest artwork. Right. And I, I right. think in retrospect, that is not the way to approach his movie. It is fascinating no. that like in Japan, he is of course the most mainstream yeah. thing. Right. Like, he he is, is like the equivalent of like a blockbuster filmmaker. I think yeah. he has four of the top 10 highest grossing films in the history of Japan. Don't mm-hmm. pull the list up because I want to quiz you on them at some point in the podcast. You want to quiz me? I want to do a reverse box office game with the top oh. 10 Japanese films because I looked them up last night and it's a pretty fascinating Oh, list. do you like have the list? Okay. Yeah, I'll do it at some point. Maybe in this episode if we don't have box office results for Porco Rosso, which feels like we won't. I mean, once again, we have like a, you know, 2018 re-release. Yeah, okay. You know so I, mean? I might I might do that at the end of the episode. Yeah, I'm going to call my shot. Who can say? Um... But Sailor Moon was sort of your entryway in. Yeah, and like Japanese TV animation. Right. And so I think for a long, I would say really only in the past 10 years have I really tried to get more into Japanese film animation. What are your, like, your top uh, TV shows? What are your... I'd say Ava, I'd say the original Sailor Moon. Okay. Um, huh. I mean... I, you know, I think the I I like a lot of the mainstream shit, like like Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. I guess. Um, I like some of the more trolly. I, I like some two thousand stuff. I think that's when TV anime gets weird. It gets mm-hmm. very like, I don't want to say fetishy, but it it's sort of like the anime industry Playing at that point. That yeah, image. it's like Haruhi Suzumiya. I really like because that that is like the ultimate sort of like troll <laughs> yeah, show right over the head. Um. When you say troll show, you mean they're trolling or it's about trolls? No, like they're trolling. Good. Did Richard they're Lawson trolling. have any role? <laughs> I'm asking. Uh, yeah. No, Haru Suzumiya is like a show that is trolling. Okay. Like down to the level of like which order you should ideal, like, ideally watch the episodes in. Right, that yeah, level? it's like it, it is a very fascinatingly constructed wow. show that goes off the rails in its second season. Yeah. But it is a it's a great it's like one of my favorite TV experiments is that yeah. show. It's like from 2006. So you get into Miyazaki. Yeah. You see some Miyazaki movies. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you saw first. Totoro, Spirited Away. Spirited Away. Um Mononoke. When do you come to Mr. Picks? You know? When do you when 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 does Porco first show his face to you? I think like three years ago. Yeah. Okay. And so, so and then but well, you when you saw it, I saw it was at Metrograph, and you were like Griffin, oh, and you kind of latched okay. onto it, and you were like, "This is this, this is the Miyazaki I've been looking guy. for." Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I felt like I I'm I felt upset with myself that I it had taken me so long to get to Porco Rosa. Right. 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 Because also I remember like seeing like the Porco Rosa poster at some point because I feel like this is. One of the ones that is least discussed in his oeuvre? Well, I think for a long time it was, like, if you were talking to someone about, like, which music, they'd yeah. be like, Porco Rosa, that's a weird one, and it's right. more for grown-ups. You yeah. know, like, yeah. It also is a movie that it doesn't really fare well if the, if the test is, like, if you liked X Miyazaki, yeah, movie, right. watch sure. Y. You, right. You're never, the Y is never going to be, Porco if you Rosa. liked yeah. Totoro, watch Porco Rosa. I just feel like I didn't know it existed for a long time. And then when it finally hit my radar, when I like saw the DVD cover at Best Buy or something, and I was like, this is a Miyazaki movie? He a pig? No one talks about it and he a pig? I was like... Yeah. Oink, oink. Right, but I was like, "Is do I not know about this because this is the bad one, or do I not know about this because everyone else is dumb and this is the best movie ever it's made? It's the weird one. I right. think that's the best way. I think it grossed less than some of his yeah. biggest hits in Japan. Yeah. Like, it was not quite... I think mean, it still did fine. Yeah. But it was not quite the sensation, maybe, that, saw, you know, it Totoro did. It did very well in Europe. 
Well, it's set in Europe. I know. It did well there. Uh, it also feels, I mean, I think Porco Rosso is a little, it can feel a little discordant even because so many other Miyazaki movies can feel like they're made by a guy who doesn't really like the future or the present and is sort mm-hmm. of like human innovation. Has it ruined everything? Yeah, let's And then meanwhile, Porco Rosso is about a guy working on his plane. It's all these loving shots of equipment. Yes. And mm-hmm. it just feels very, very different from watching this. Like, you watch Nausicaa and then you watch Porco Rosso. Mm-hmm. And it, it feels like two completely different worldviews are mm-hmm. making these movies. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't think, I think, I think on closer reading, they're not incompatible. Yes. But it just, at, at first glance, something about Porco Rosso feels like, there are elements that aren't revealed in the other Miyazaki movies. Sure. I think. Well, we started digging into this, but I love that the movie starts with a nap mm-hmm. and then goes like a speeding bullet. <laughs> right. Like the, it like starts with like a little quiet nap and then it's immediately like straight into the action. Comedy, action, thrills. You know what I'm saying? But you're right that like gunfire. Like a Disney movie even would probably be like, well, we're starting with this like very melancholic sort of like, here's Porco. Right. He napping. Yeah. Like, probably not. Like, probably you would start in the air. With, and then you, yeah, right. right. No, but then you do this <laughs> then you get in the air. without any table setting. Without any table setting, without any, I mean, we know he's a pig. Yeah. But I'm saying it's like 15 minutes before he, like, shows up at the restaurant. Yeah, but it's zero minutes before he's a pig. It's zero <laughs> minutes before he's a pig. He's a pig yeah. Ever been. And he shows up at the restaurant. You got Curtis there. Mm-hmm. You got Gina there. Who rolls? Who plays Gina in the American, though? Mm, Susan Egan, classic voice actress. Oh, interesting. You know, she's, uh, she's Belle. Yes. Yeah, yes. From Beauty and the Beast. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes, yes. According to you, a worse movie than the other one's Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> you can't shame me. I stand by that. Um, and, uh, and Gina, like, Curtis is trying to, like, hit on Gina and is like, you know, what's up with you? I love you. And she's like, sorry, I'm into the pig. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steer clear. I'm pig. I'm pigged up. Pigged going. up. Yeah. yeah. But it, but I love that it's like Porco genuinely, as we get to later in the movie, has not ever considered that anyone would like him. That's fair, right? Yeah, he's kind of like I'm a lost soul. Right. right. I I was like, okay, I get what kind of movie this is. This is the like, honey, you don't want to know me. You don't want to be with me. I'm right. I'm protecting you. Yeah. No. But instead, it's like I'm a fucking pig. Wait, she likes me? Yeah. yeah. Like even at the end of the movie, when the guy's like, "What do you mean? We're fighting." She wants you, not me. This is what I'm mostly mad about. And he's, he's like, "You're lying." He's yeah. so stunned that the guy gets an opportunity to clear cock him. Well, we've, right. I think we've talked up the melancholic elements of the movie, but I think just it's important that the character Porco himself is actually kind of like carefree. Or yeah. I don't know, he's just like sitting around drinking wine on a beach. He's I, kind of got that vibe of like, look. I brushed the face of death, I, and I'm still here. So, like, it's all extra time. I think he's yeah. a little nihilistic. And also we're in Italy, yeah. so, you know. And also we're in Italy, so the right. pasta's good. I think he's a little nihilistic and a little hedonistic in terms of, like, I'm doing me. Mm-hmm. What's the worst thing you can do to me? I'm already a fucking pig. What's well, the thing? Yeah. is like, if I'm a pig, I'm like, I'm going to eat 24-7. Yeah. It's like, I'm a pig. Like, yeah. I'm not going to really worry about how I look anymore. I look like a pig. He's got a great body shape. And I love the way he outfits himself. Like, His he, mustache is great, too, compared yeah. yes. to Curtis's mustache, which sucks. Yeah. Curtis's yeah. mustache is the best signifier that he's like a weak chin yeah. dildo. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, and like, Porco's mustache, even when you see human and you're like, oh, it was just the same stash. How is like, Gina supposed to look at Curtis's mustache and what? Like, at any no. point. Right, yes, exactly. No. no, thank you. Curtis. Yeah. Sucks. Right. Wants <laughs> trying to, to, I'm trying to think of the plot here. Wants uh, to be a Hollywood <laughs> movie star and also be president. Um, yes. Oh, here we go. Here, I actually, well, I, you know, let yeah. me read you a Miyazaki quote. I got my book. 
Right? Right? Okay. Oh, David's taking out a leather-bound volume. And it would be great. There's like a green smoke rising from the pages. <laughs> this is your new bit. <laughs> crest is glowing, which is a line holding us up there. Right. It would be great if, like Porco, I could sit around and smoke cigarettes while watching some young kid and making comments like, staying up late all the time will shorten your life, or it'll be bad for your complexion. Mm-hmm. Laughs. Ha 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 ha. Um... Of course, reality doesn't work that way. It'd be pretty tough to live the way the characters in this film do. The staff members who worked on Porco Rosso had to burn the midnight oil all the time, and some didn't even get to rest on a Sunday. There are a lot of reasons for this, and it's an area where I need to make improvements. <laughs> I love him! Yeah. Ah! Here's, the part, here's the part that I want to get to. But I personally enjoy it when I become so absorbed in something that I completely forget about myself. That's kind of sweet. I know, but like that, I feel yeah. like that is the Miyazaki vibe where everyone yeah. else is like, we have to please Mr. Miyazaki. Yeah, I right. will draw until my hands are bones. <laughs> right. And he's just like sitting there and he's like, oh, I pooped in my pants again because I just love this movie so yeah. much. Like, I forgot that I'm a human being. Right. Yeah. Everyone else is like working overtime and crunching. And Miyazaki right. is like, I'm trying to work so hard that I forget who I am, <laughs> that I become one with the work. Yeah. 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 Um, I relate to that. So I like yeah, that Miyazaki's that. like, like I get that you I see forget about myself. <laughs> I get that you bro. see me in Porco. I see me in Porco. I do. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, when I'm making these movies, I am not me. I am the movie. Like, you know, I like right, it, totally, me totally. exits my body or right. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Love Porco. I'm trying to see what else he says about Porco. Is there anything about Pig My Cat in there? Does he say anything about that? Mm, no, he no? doesn't uh, mention. She's sort He's of a national a lot, treasure. Talking a lot about a warfare. I've been throwing around new national treasure, and it's about my cat. And you mean like Nicholas Cage is like, we've got to find Ben's cat. He's trying to find because <laughs> it's a national treasure. She is a national treasure. Oh, I can't oh, disagree that's with that. Okay, you disagree with that? No, I can't. Oh, okay. Airtight logic. <laughs> um, he talks about how. As he's making this movie, suddenly the world order collapses. The Soviet Union goes away. Mm -hmm. There's war in the Balkan states, which is where this is set. Mm -hmm. And he felt very conflicted about, like, why am I making this flippant war movie? Mm -hmm. Set in a place where there's actual war. Mm -hmm. So I feel like he tried to make the movie a little darker as a result. A little Mm -hmm. more what you're talking about. The kind of, like, we are, you know, it does make animals of us. Like, you know, it is kind of like unforgettable sin. At the best, you become a glorious animal. Uh, you become right. like a majestic predator, right? right Not that right. pigs are predators, but you know what I'm saying. No, they're uh, they just eat. <coughs> they eat. That's why I like them. But they are smart piggies. That's the other reason why I like them. They are smart creatures. I think. Yeah, they're very smart. They're why did up... you ever get like a teacup pig pet or I whatever? Do it now. Right. As a child, I what is a teacup pig? It's like a supposedly small pig that's cute, but then. They do grow up and, you know, they are large creatures. What do you do? Paris Hilton hat. You, they, they, you can treat them like a dog. Like, you can train oh, a pig. Okay, okay. You can, like. I have friends who had pigs. You did? George Clooney had well, a pig. Well, Clooney famously had a pig, right. Um, yeah, no, pigs, pigs, like, are right up there with, like, dolphins as, like, the smartest. Quite, quite intelligent. It's illegal in New York City to own a pig. Yeah, but that's just bullshit. It's illegal yeah. to own all kinds of things in New York City that people right. own. My roommate had a snake for seven years. It was totally illegal. But, like, who's going to come? Snakes are illegal? Yeah, but who's going to come? Blasio's out of town, too. Yeah, it's like de Blasio's not going to ruin. The only one they care about is ferrets. You know, the Giuliani. Giuliani hates the ferrets. Yeah. Get a pig. Get a pig. No, but I also feel like if you have a pig, you want to be able to take it outdoors. Yeah, I mean, you'd probably probably prefer to live in nature. Well, they're never going to check my snake 
like fucking case. What, it was the, it was pretty big. Let me tell you. I remember I stayed in his yeah. bedroom one time. Yeah. Wait, was the snake there when you stayed in that bedroom? I think it was. Yeah, you your old him. your old roommate learned. That's right, learned foot. A learned man. Yeah, yeah, he was a learned man. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, he had a snake. I remember. And I remember I asked him once, "Why do you have a pet snake?" It was a big. It was like a you know a large boa yeah. constrictor. Yeah, and he was like, "When I come in the room, doesn't even know who I am." Wow. That, that was Learned's vibe. I remember Learned's bedroom was just books and a snake. Correct. He it just was, he, he wanted to have like, like a, the largest library I've ever seen in one room. Yes. He wanted to have a Beauty and the Beast style experience. So he tried to turn his room into all these like bookcase sort of shelving you know That is exactly corridors. what it was. It was just like yeah. big, like hardcover books. Yeah. He, he very deeply connected to Belle, like, you know, gliding along on the ladder, yeah. you know. Right. Where is he now? Texas. Doing what? A PhD in like science fiction at Rice University. Wow. I know. Pretty cool. So it's Learned Corner. Yeah, Learned Foot. Anyone shout out? He's the only person with that name, so if you heard yeah. that name, you know him. So we end up at Gina's restaurant. Yeah. And uh I'm trying to think the key things we established in this scene. Um well, well, Gina loves Porco. Right. That's it. I don't know. He goes to They're talking um, about the curse. This is the first time we we start yeah. to talk about the curse. Uh, they talk about the curse. That he was once um, a man. Curtis shoots him down, mm-hmm. right? Because he's got the engine trouble. Curtis is like, "I got him. He's dead." Well, that's after this. I guess that's, but yeah. that's right after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. I mean, there's nothing else here. There's a rivalry. That, I just yeah, right. like I like Gina's restaurant. I like this, like the movie stepping into this, like Casablanca. Yeah, thing. it's that's, that's just, the thing that's established how this European this is. Yes. It is quite it's, European. That's yeah. what I want to talk Most about. Most Miyazaki Everyone's being play, European. Most yeah. Miyazaki movies have like a setting where you're like, I could watch like a. 200 episode TV show about right, this place. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, about right. Gina's cool fucking restaurant. Yes. Yeah. About the Spirited Away bathhouse. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, right. Yes. You know, like there's some cool place. Yes. Um, I want to live here. He's very good at making you want to be in an environment that he's mm-hmm. created, mm-hmm. I would say. I think yeah. the other thing that's established by, by the beginning, too, is that everybody just has a plane. Like there's so many scenes yeah. where people just sort of run into each other in the air, like it's traffic. Yeah. Yes. And they're just having conversations. Yeah. This is right. right. <laughs> that's how people interact in this movie. My they're flying planes. Kind of world. Yeah. Um, yeah. I uh, wanted to say planes. Oh, yeah. There's that play, place late, that part late. When um, what's your pants? The the younger one, um, uh, Theo. Uh, Theo. Yeah, is like, uh, you know, come on, you guys are seaplane pilots. You got to behave like seaplane pilots and like the honor among seaplane pilots. She says seaplane pilots a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where I was like, I guess seaplane pilots have their own code. We all like, know that. Camaraderie, the camaraderie of seaplane. They're like yeah. sea air cowboys, yes. <laughs> right? Yes, Plus, exactly. Um. But I think to Miyazaki, right, there's that, the freedom of the air mm-hmm. and the open ocean. Mm-hmm. But then also, you open those planes up, there's mechanics, metal. there's fiddling, there's so much, there's fiddling. like grease, there's, yeah. you know, hard work, mm-hmm. there's some, there's like craft and care. He loves planes like he loves animation where yeah. he's like working on something intricately, you know, and you have to get exactly yes. right. But he hides the, it's, it's just weird, that contrast between the machinery versus nature in this movie, whereas all the other Miyazaki movies feel like they hide the machinery part. Like, all of the, the sort of metaphor of, like, machinery mm. and the effort that goes into making those movies, it feels like that effort is so well hidden in something like Princess Mononoke. You're saying the other movies don't get into the guts in the same kind yeah, of way. Yeah, just, this movie has guts. Yeah, yeah, it has, like, the inner workings of 
things. And I feel like even when Curtis shoots him out of the sky, it is like there's always a moment in a Miyazaki movie where something is just like so animated and such extreme detail. Like the right. thing you can tell he spent like eight months on alone. And for this movie, it feels like that is when the plane gets shot down and you just right. see it fall apart. Right. All the pieces strip off. And you're like seeing a plane get deconstructed in the sky in real time. But then you I also think of the people at Studio Ghibli who had to like animate right. all of that. And you're like, man, yeah. these people well, and then they, probably he, sucked. For yeah. that. When <laughs> he goes to Piccolo and Piccolo is showing him the engine and he's like revved it to yeah. like, and he like, they're both yeah. like, in the shed. Like, in and the he's shed. like yelling. I'm yeah. like, this is Miyazaki. Yeah. This yeah. is and him. The detailing well, of the right? shot where they're yeah. testing the engine in the shed yes. and every single panel has these very precise mm-hmm. movements as it's blowing in the wind. Yeah. And you're like, it must have taken like three years to animate that one 30 second right bit of animation yeah <laughs> right, right right i mean it's what it's like the uh the wood buckling in uh, castle in the sky oh i love that right there's he's al- very good there's at that. always right, this right, kind right. of thing where it's like something falls apart and you see yeah yes yeah well hand-drawn animation is over though so it isn't you know that's true but no more on, the, on the other hand photorealistic keyframe cgi mm. Uh, gives us the opportunity to yeah. see what a real lion would be like. Oh, saying, I, I just it. can't wait to be. Can kidding. I give you my mm. secret hope right now? Sure. There's a part of me that thinks that Netflix is going to start announcing. They're going to be like, we have an animated studio. Right. They have one. Right, right. But like, it'll be, we're going to do Disney shit. They have been very vague about what they're doing, but the person they hired to run it is Glenn Keane. Oh, sure. Right. A, a, a legend. And they Mr. like Wayne. released a video because, you know, Netflix has all these like different Twitter accounts and different YouTube channels for different like genres or subsections of what they do. Sure. Like Netflix. Sci-fi. Right. Netflix is a joke. Mm. And right. right, yeah, right yeah, yeah, all yeah. that sort of stuff. Right. They they did a video for their animation channel that was talking about like what Netflix wants to do for animation, how they want to be like their own animation powerhouse. OK. And it's a lot of Glenn Keane talking and other people talking about, like, the qualities they want to bring. It's a lot of videos of people drawing. And obviously, even if you're doing CGI or whatever, you still have to do the sort of basic drafting, you know, of... uh, Is the drawing, like, like character modeling or... That's what's unclear. I mean, this is really, like, a video that's not going into details, and I don't remember if they've announced anything. But I kind of believe that, like, uh, Netflix, as they are trying to, like, disrupt the industry by doing the things that other people aren't doing... Mm-hmm. making films about the types of people that aren't being made or the genres that are sort of uh, dormant, like the romantic comedy or whatever, right. that they're going to be like, here's our slate. We're doing like four hand-drawn animated films. Right. I think they're not announcing them because it takes years, and Netflix likes announcing everything very shortly before it comes out. And they have the Selick movie, which is supposed to come out next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to start announcing a bunch of classically hand-drawn films. If they're smart, that's what they do. At a time where every other studio is like, we're done, and you're feeling more and more of a push from, like, uh, the, uh, I don't know, the intellectual community. Yeah. You know? Uh, you can't let this die. And that's also this weird thing that Netflix has done where it's like, we're going to gain legitimacy by going to the most sort of artistic sort of... Uh, that's always been their move, right? right. M- much like Amazon. The corners that are seen as Companies uncommercial. Right, right. right. Um, is CG animation 3D in Japan like is that taken off at all like this you mean Pixar style you know uh, I guess it's more expensive yeah that, right? well that's like, the thing I yeah. don't the infrastructure quite get about required. it in the US is like, it just seems like 
transitioning from the era. Of, I guess it's one thing to have digital like 2D animation, but yeah, I think the weird historical trajectory toward the most expensive possible animation yeah. seems counterintuitive to me. I don't quite get it. I'll say this. It is easier and cheaper to make bad CGI. It is also harder and more expensive to make good CGI. Yeah, yeah. Right. You can make the crayon movie. Or Norma the North or any of these bullshit things where you're like, what is this? Like, if you have two sets and your animation, your performances are bad, mm-hmm. you can make a shitty computer anime film faster than a hand-drawn film because you don't have to draw every single frame. Sure. You have models that you can just sort of reuse in a sloppy way. Right. But um, to do it well... You need a big, big lot of infrastructure, a lot of people. Right. Is insane because there are time. all these different departments that don't exist otherwise. Okay. Um, uh, the texturing departments hey, and your lighting department. You got a texture. All these you got a texture. Uh, things. Um, but every other country has, I feel like, moved to CG. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I, I, I was in Barcelona recently and there was so much CGI shit in Spain. Mm-hmm. Anytime we were turning on the TV, I was surprised by the amount of, like, completely native uh, Spanish cartoon shows or trailers for Spanish. Like, this is the third in this franchise of beloved CGI, Spanish CGI movies. I keep saying CGI. CGI. <laughs> uh, but I feel like at least what carries over here in any way, you don't really see Japanese CGI. Yeah. I mean, I think Japan's, I, I think the way that anime has adapted to like digital 2D animation is just more graceful than the way other countries have adapted to like yeah. 3D post Tales animation. Right. I just don't, I don't know. Because I think China even has more CGI animation now. Uh, interesting. Yeah, I believe Japan it. Japan seems to have stayed pretty strong. On but obviously, way. these movies are still popular in yeah. China as well. There's right, that, that, right. that crossover. Yes. Um. All right. He gets shot down. Yeah. Orca. He pretends he's dead. He's sort of like, fine. I'll, you know, you think you killed me? That's great. I can lie low. And also, I'll let Curtis like sell the legend. Right. right he's gonna right, brag right. to everyone that he killed me, which gives me some time to lay low because Porco. It's the Harvey Dent. Thing. It's the Harvey Dent arc. It's, right. Yeah. Right. Por- Porco is a wanted man. If they know some of these shores that he's washing up on, they're going to apprehend him immediately. Yeah. Right. So better for him to let everyone believe that he's dead. Right. Um, and then not much happens until well, the he end. He needs to regroup, right? He's like, just he needs like to hanging with plane. Piccolo. He, he at meets least needs to pick the plane. Yeah, excuse me. He meets a great friend. No, yeah. he meets great people. He's just saying, low, like, though, because he doesn't have a plane. Right. The, the action anymore. is now basically until the final duel, you know, not a lot of action. But this is the thing I like about this movie. Yeah. It's not a long movie. Either. Once Theo gets introduced, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this movie's also kind of a true grit narrative. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, she's, yeah, she's yeah. Haley Steinfeld. Yeah. She's a. Uh, and even the way it ends with the narration, which we'll get to. It is this thing of like, this is this man who was like very tough to break through to, mm-hmm. who taught her a lot of lessons, who she taught a lot, mm-hmm. and they were just together for this brief period of time that changed the rest of her life. Um, right, right, right. And she reminded him that he's not just a cursed big man as well, right? Yeah. You know what? She kind of drew that out of him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They're really nice friends. And I also, I just like any story where someone has to prove that they know what they're talking about like this. Uh, sure. Yeah. You know, that he comes in, he's like, where are your sons? Who's he, this He's a little, little retrograde. Girl? Yeah. Yeah. But it, it is funny how, like, the beginning, it's like the earliest minutes and the latest minutes of the movie are very action mm-hmm. But like you said, after he gets right. shot down, 
it it's all of these scenes where he's like he's riding the plane or he's riding the train he has to get the plane to the shop he him goes sitting to the on shop. the train is pretty great that's the thing it's like all of the i think he's all just like, of that I'm dead who cares yeah. <laughs> all of all of the stuff that's him dealing with the fact that his plane is fucked up yeah right? these scenes it's like like I, I mentioned earlier like i'm from richmond and i i think a lot about my own childhood watching this movie because i grew up outside of richmond and my dad used to drag race and oh, he used to just really? work on his car all the time sure and it's just wow. sort of like the middle part of Por- Porco Rosso is totally the vibe of just like observing people who are really into their cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And like drag racing, I imagine it's like your engine is what's most important. Because yeah, like the yeah, car is yeah. not going to, you don't need uh, well, more. Well, my dad has a you know, yeah, 68 nice Camaro. It's well, very that's nice wow, blue, cool. nice paint job. Wow. But, but, but it's the, it, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't get it at all because I fucking hated cars because they were super la- like, you know, yeah. drag racing. Like, Racing is super loud. Uh, yeah. I hate how loud it was. I hate it when I was a kid too. It yeah. was yeah, too loud. The culture Still of it like I didn't it. get, but then I watch a movie like this, and I think because of how meticulously all of it's animated, especially all of the sequences where Fio and all of the women and Porco are are working on the plane and they're sort of animating the sense of assembly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, oh, I kind of get this. Well, I think that's the thing. It's like it's it's that's Miyazaki putting himself into the thing. It's like when you find a field where you can become obsessed, commit the rest of your life to having a complete understanding of this thing and a complete mastery of this thing, and when you're in it, even though it's difficult, you enter this flow state. Yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. achieve this state of zen. Right. Uh, which, you know, it's like people who race, they talk about that. Anyone yeah. who has any sort of like, uh, you know, passion for anything that seems dangerous. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, when you watch like Free Solo and you're like, why the fuck would he do this? Right. And he's like, this is the one time I feel calm. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think yeah, as you're saying, this midsection of the movie is like, uh, this is a guy who doesn't really know what to do with himself when he's not in a dogfight. Mm-hmm. As right. much as Gina is like, why won't you accept Even though that- he's so cool. Right. Yeah. He's he a guy be, who like, he like, a different you know, kind of you're life. cool, right? And he, he's like, yeah. me? What do you mean I'm a pig? Where's yeah. the about? fuck out of a trench coat? I mean, <laughs> yeah. him just there on the phone, on the payphone. God, yeah, yeah. That also that old timey phone. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Old timey stuff. Very cool. Yeah. Very so old timey. Cool. But that's right. He's a guy where he's just like, this is the one thing I understand. Teo comes in and he's like, you better not fuck this up. I've been working with the same people forever. I know Piccolo. I know his sons. I can't take a risk on a grandchild. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I need to get back up in the air. And she's like, you're a sexist, and I totally know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Right. and also, yeah. I am precocious. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's very... She almost feels like, when she's introduced, her energy, just in terms of her animation, feels so different from yes. all the other characters. She yeah. sort of moves more fluidly. And is like, what's going on here? I'm going to work on the plane. Shut the right. fuck up. I right. got this. Well, also, you know? yeah, because everyone else is in this sort of like classic Hollywood, dare I say it, because it's been on the bench for a while, patina. You know, everyone else is giving these performances. <laughs> the Patina engine <laughs> crackles to life. Everyone else is giving these performances that could have been done by any classic 1940s Hollywood star. Right. And then she comes in and she's giving like specifically like 80s, 90s movie energy. Um, she's a thoroughly yeah. modern character. Yeah, film she's that so is modern. Otherwise, yes, yeah. a little classical. Um, love that. That's true. That's true. And she's also just a classic Miyazaki plucky heroine. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're kind of like, oh, he made a movie about boys. And then she shows up and you're like, okay, (laughs) all right. Right, But that archetype doesn't (laughs) exist 
in the type of movie that he is sort of referencing and using as a mood board. No, yeah, absolutely yeah. not. Right. It, it's no. also right. in this strict a visual. boy version of it might like a sort of like yeah. you know, hey, Mister, you know, like that kind of. It's kid. also usually more of like a ragamuffin, you know. Yeah, a little, a little ragamuffin, right? But it's well, I think it's it's also this contrast with Porco as a character because it's like Porco has two different pairs of glasses and he wears these yeah. trench coats and he's sort of. You know, he's nice, but he's sort of um, closed off in a way. And then you have Fio shows up, show up, and her facial, like her eyes and specifically her eyebrows right. have this very distinct expressiveness. And so right. whenever they're in scenes together, it, it just plays up that contrast of like the, the kind of performance that Porco is giving yeah. versus what energy Fio is channeling. Well, so the, well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Eyes are the window to the soul. Animators are like, that's the whole key to the thing. It's one of the reasons why Lion King fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> the Favreau Lion King. And like, they make this conscious decision that it's like, this guy's eyes are always going to be covered. Yeah. You know? Uh, not because we're trying to like handicap this character's expressiveness because this is a character who doesn't want anyone to see into his soul. Like he's trying to keep all his emotions close to the chest. And then, but then like when you've reached a point with him. Yeah. Where you're, some you see his human face, for a second. right, right, yeah. and then he turns around and it's the pig again. Yeah, I prefer the pig. He looks great. It looks great. Yeah, it looks fucking awesome. It's a pretty great. Pig. A very handsome pig. Yeah, like great this style. Too. Yeah, if he wanted to be in some Harlow Hollywood movies, just the pig. Yeah, like yeah. I'd be into it. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Like yeah. just him flashing the thumbs up, you know, with the pig face, and it's just scarf, iconic, gloves, all of it. He's a that's pig. what we should He's do with photorealistic technology. Make people look like pig men. Not to keep on hitting on this, like the, the fucking photoreal thing, but it's like. No, hit on it. I feel like this is, that's the Miyazaki thing, though, right? It's right. like, it's, it's such a good life testament. Itself, right. It's like one yeah. thing to accept that we don't do hand drawn animation anymore, but I do think that Miyazaki is one of the people who's going to make the strongest historical case for listen, animation is a distinct thing, and, and realism is sort of an opponent of. Yes. The stuff you're trying to accomplish in animated cinema. Right. I just feel like, and this gets back to the Cats trailer as well, but it's like this thing of like, if you're going to use CGI, use it to make things that are like against the laws of nature. Yeah. That could yeah. not exist. Right, right. It's like tinted. And put like, them in. Do, thing, do right. things with the camera that are not possible, things like that. Right, right. Stylize people's faces in a way that like doesn't make sense. Or like, they should never make a live action Porco Rosso. But if they did, it's not like I'm against the concept of Porco Rosso being photoreal because that would be in juxtaposition to real human beings in front of a camera. Right. Right. Porco Rosso. It's perfect. Now, he's been he saying picked. for a long time that he was going to make a sequel. Did he? And they wrote a script. Hmm. Uh, and then, I, let, me, let me get this yes, excerpt. Yes, I'll find, it, I'll find it. I'll find it. Okay. Uh, he wrote a script. Porco Rosso, the last sortie mm. that would be set during the Spanish Civil War. Mm. So Porco would be much older. That would. Um, Miyazaki was like, it'll be about like me being old. You know, like yeah. that's like my angle. Yeah. And he wanted um, uh, Hiroshima Yonabashi, the guy who made like uh, the Secret World of Arietti, and when Marnie was there. Right. He was saying he wasn't going to direct it. I imagine. And now that Ghibli's like falling apart, right. like who knows? Yeah. You know? But now it's sort of back together again. Well, but no, but uh, that guy went off to do create Studio Ponok, which is sort of like trying to rise from the ashes of Ghibli. But, yeah, he made Mary and the Witch's Flower. What? Could make it himself. And no, sure. I don't know. It's one of those things. He's like, busy making whatever crazy shit he's making right now. It's one of those things like Old Fink. How do you live? Old Fink 
Yeah, which the Coen brothers yeah. have always said, like, eh, when we're older, we want to come back and do Old Fink with the right. Turo. Right. You're like, you, you're not sure if that's a joke or not. Right. And you're not sure if that's the best idea or the worst idea. Yeah. If it's better to leave well enough alone or if it'd be, like, the most triumphant thing. They seem to generally know. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Because sometimes they'd be like, yeah, we're going to do a Jesus spinoff from uh, Big Lebowski. And then they just And then like, eventually it's like, oh, someone else, Totoro's kind of making that. And they were they were clearly like, yeah, you know what? If you want to do it, that's fine. Like, we're, we're probably not going to do right, it. Right, which was apparently the exact same attitude they had with Fargo. Like, people were like, this is such a big deal that, like, the Coens blessed Fargo. Right. And apparently their attitude is like, as long as you don't step on our shit, it's fine. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, it's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We just don't want to do that. Right. God, Fargo's so bad. That's a good show. What do you think about Fargo? You haven't watched I've it. I've never watched it. Never watched it. Season one, season two, great. I still yeah, watch season, season one, three. season two. What season is it? In? So you only hate they, season they did three. That's not okay. true. You hated season one, season yeah, two when they like were on. But three, three was kind of like, I really? was like, Jesus, the earlier ones were actually yeah. like something. Yeah. I haven't seen really three yet. New Queer Eye, great. Makes you cry every time. Yeah, that's a good Ben's show. Ben's TV Corner. Here we Love go. Queer Eye. I love Queer Eye. I mean, Queer Eye is trying to get the water, right? Like, that's oh, the whole, they've got it that's down their, to a like, mission, right? Now. Yeah, right. I that resisted. band teacher episode lead-off? Ugh. I haven't watched the new ones yet. I resisted watching it for a while. I got into it once my back was injured, and I started watching a lot of shows that I, I wouldn't uh, usually watch. Uh, I, I resisted watching it for a while because it feels like an attack on my lifestyle. Any show where people mm. improve themselves or others... Yeah, you're like, like fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> what do you think you're doing over there? You're saying I should wash my clothes. <laughs> I feel like the, the good watch antidote. Your watch it. But the good antidote to that, I think that the two the two queer eye guys who are really good antidotes to that sort of concern are Karamo and the best one. Um, Anthony, because they're both kind of incompetent, especially Karamo. Because if you if you think for like five seconds about what Karamo's role in Queer Eye is, it's to like seen? occasionally like say something about an album that came out recently, right. and then just sort of like is drift he, like, away. Culture, yeah. yeah. And then meanwhile, culture the other guy has to build a yeah. house or something. Yeah. <laughs> just like what Bobby the fuck is always Karamo? does the most. Yeah, work. it's like Bobby's yeah. building a house, and Karamo's like, "Did you hear the new Ariana Grande album?" Right. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is your contribution, buddy? Right. Like, what? the original and, and, Queer Eye had that too. It had Jay. Be like. You really want a strong handshake when you walk into a room. But here's my take. He handles the sensitive conversations. That's his role. Because yeah, sometimes, everyone yes. comes yeah. with yeah. their uh, yeah. personal baggage. Right? Yeah. And he is always the one to sort of address it. And yeah. make them feel more comfortable my with it. take. So in the original, the joke was like, Jay is completely pointless. He does nothing. Right. Like the culture lifestyle position is silly. And then like food, like Ted Allen, like that's the best one. Obviously the Ted was the best of the original Fab Five. Right. I mean, there's no one, question. This one, Anthony is a cute boy. Mm-hmm. All he can do is really slice fruits and vegetables. Right? Isn't Anthony just I like, like I don't know though. if you put like avocados in a blender, no, that's called guacamole. I, I think <laughs> well, blender's a little extreme because <laughs> you're just showing people how to sort of take a little bit of control of that's, like their daily. Right. That's thing, his stance. Right? Is like I don't want to give them things that they can't replicate. I want to yeah. give them stuff that's like you can actually do. That's that. how you make pozole. Like what? Right. Was he going to teach me to make pozole? But then you know, the thing I think that. about Karamo that he's like really smart is like no, what he's actually doing is he's just being a really good friend. You but sometimes he's not. You, sometimes he's just like a web headline, just walks into an episode of television, and, and it's about like when he's good, Big though, Sean or something. When he's no good, reason. though, he sort of like burrows in, and he's like, there. The, he does have great moments. Yeah. I do think that there are some episodes where there are great crumbs. JVN is a he's a national treasure, and that's what we should do a movie about: is finding JVN. He's gone missing. Yeah, with Pig. I don't know what any of you guys are talking about, but I remember Ted. 
Allen. Ted Allen. He rules. Remember Ted the Teddy Bear? Uh, you mean just like a teddy bear? No, Ted, America's favorite movie star. Oh no, I don't. You don't remember Ted Fox? He literally. We're not talking about the parsnip again. Yeah, I. You know when you said that, I was like, I guess I forgot. (laughs) I guess it's gone. It's gone out of the head. It haunts me. It's burned in my memory. Every time I close my eyes, I see Ted fucking a woman with a parsnip. Yeah, but the thing about the all that is like Seth MacFarlane even is sort of like. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of just want to make my space, my sincere Star Trek show now. Yeah. You know, like, you know, he's like, eh, comment. I get it. Everyone was into that for a while, but I feel like now I'm just doing the Orville on Hulu. It's just crazy how big the first head was. You, we talked about this on the podcast. On this podcast? Yes. <laughs> Seth, yes. Mc, Seth MacFarlane voices Curtis. That could be a good alternate casting if they do the Porcarosis. Well, because Seth MacFarlane does have that, like, I'm yeah. Sinatra Reborn, yes. like that, that vibe, yes. right? Yeah. God, that's of all of Seth MacFarlane's vibes, many of which are bad. That's that's one of the worst. The like I'm well, a song weird, and dance man. Right? At it's heart. like a right, it's yeah. like uncanny or I don't know something about it that feels like no one asked for this. Uh, do you know what his album of standards is called? Maybe he's made several now. I forget it's on the tip of my tongue too. Music is better than words. Hey, I believe is the title. Hey, damn, I think that's what it's called. God, you know how rich he is. You're correct. Yeah, do you know how rich he is? Um, can I take a guess? Okay. I can Eight, actually- $821 This says $200 million. Maybe it seems seven. low. Yeah. You gave him low. like Oprah income. I, I thought he had like Oprah income. There was someone I I would have guessed higher than 200 Yeah. But yeah, anyway. Well. Whatever. He yeah. also uh, made an album called Holiday for Swing. Mm. Uh, third studio album, No One Ever Tells You. He's smoking a cigarette. Fourth album in full swing. I guess 821 is a little absurd. It's pretty high. Yeah. That's sort of like Spielberg number. Yeah, but he's I mean, he's been going hard. Maybe Fox fucked him on American Dad or something. I don't know. I don't know. We done talking about Porco Rosa? No, we got to talk more about Porco Rosa. <laughs> this is another thing I like. Okay, what's another thing you like? I like that Curtis is this like Hollywood leading man type. Sure. Especially of that era. Like clearly say, has the insecurity about the fact that he's not actually... A tough guy. Uh, right, right. It's Earl like Flint. this actor, action star kind of thing that goes back to like, you know, John Wayne not serving in the war. Sure, sure, sure. You know? Sure, sure. He's, he can't back up his, right, right, right. Right. That like, he wants to be a movie star and be the president. He wants to have these performative roles, but he hates that Gina likes a fucking pig more than him. Because he actually gets his hands dirty. She's chill about it, though. Yeah. Like, for the whole movie, she's incredibly chill for the the entire film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like the pig. What can I tell you? you think that Porco's chill because he's drinking wine and smoking all the time, but he is overcommitted. Gina just gives no fucks through this entire movie. And let's talk about her beautiful dream. Go on. Curtis makes the proposal to her, and she's like, look, I gotta be honest. I made a promise to myself. There's one man I love, and he only visits me at night at my restaurant. But if he ever comes here and on his plane when I'm in my garden, I'll know. And I, I can't I can't leave behind the chance of that happening. Pretty devastating for Curtis, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Where she's like, not only am I rejecting you, but I've pinned my hopes on a pig visiting me when I'm in my garden. And then similarly devastating, he flies by. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Like right when she's saying that, it's like, yeah. oh my God, here he is, here he is, here right. he is, here he's happening, like, and he's gone. Yeah, right. And I love that the movie ends on the note of like, I'm not going to tell you if you ever showed up. Yeah. That's our little secret. I became friends with Gina for the rest of my life. 
Porco and I, we kind of lost touch. I'm not going to tell you if you showed up at the garden or not. That felt, that felt very True Grit to me. When she like shows up and they're like, yeah, he just died. I love and then that the end of True Grit's just her walking through the cemetery and she's like, well, time comes for us all. Yep. Credits. <laughs> Masterpiece, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Underrated. People not putting into their tops of the 2010s list. That's a crazy movie. It's a great movie. Have you seen True Grit? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. I know, Justin, that you rarely watch movies. I've I, seen like 13 movies right. in my life. Exactly. Really? Yeah. yeah. You're not a big movie watcher. Skyfall. You love Skyfall. You're more uh, of a TV guy. No. You like anime? Uh, yeah, I like anime and I, I play video games. I and you like video You like Miltank? Oh, yeah. I have a Miltank shirt on. What is Miltank? Sh- Pokemon. Oh, that's it, a Pokemon? Yeah. It's a Pokemon. Yeah. It's Which from generation? Gold Silver, I think, second yeah, generation. Yeah, yeah, second generation. It's a big cow. Okay. Yeah. Yes. It's like a shady video game. A shady video game? Like that's about a shady guy? Getting into a video shady game. guy. A shitty or shady? Shady. Could be shitty, too. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you, fucking the teens that play Rainbow Six Siege are shady. Um, well, but that's, that's you're talking oh, more about the player. Yeah, Ben doesn't want to hate the player. He, he wants, wants a, a game. game. I don't even buy a shady. He wants a game about like a guy age. who's like kind of scummy and is kind of like you want you like know. a Kane and Lynch or something. Yeah, what's like the modern day like... Max Payne? Oh man, Max oh, Payne. A, a, a game where you have to virtually take pills. You know, that's what <laughs> yeah. Ben wants. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. What would you? I got that game. It's like Kane and Lynch is like the last thing I can think of like that. Fuck oh, Kane and oh, Lynch. And got, it's like Grand Theft Auto is not even like that yeah, anymore. Ben, I got an answer for you. Uh, Lego Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, shit. Okay. A lot of scoundrels in that one. I love scoundrels. Kind of the dirtiest of the Lego games. <laughs> Bunch of scallywags and scofflaws. What if they do like Lego body heat? They start just making like full-on sex noir movies. I love nothing more. <laughs> Lego, uh, what's it called? The Last Seduction. <laughs> I would love, I would love if they did like, uh, you know, of course we did uh, Lego Star Wars. We went through all of those sure. films. We did Lego Indiana Jones. We went through all of those films. We thought it was time we finally covered the rest of the Lawrence Kasdan. Right, panel. exactly. Right, this is Lego Kasdan. Lego Silverado. <laughs> There's a Silverado level. Lego Big Chill. <laughs> Big Chill. Mumford. Lego Mumford. Lego Mumford. Lego Lego Dreamcatcher. Lego, ooh. Lego Longtime Companion. I would love a Lego figurine of Morgan Freeman and Dreamcatcher. Yeah. End of a shit weasel. Yeah, I don't know if you could fit the eyebrows on a Lego head. No, you need to make the head bigger. Yeah. There's only one. Or like what, like tuft him out, you know? Sure, right. sure. Porco. Part before the duel, what else do we I mean, he recalls his pig transformation. Yes. In the Adriatic. Wait, right? we gotta talk about this scene. Okay. I love the this ambiguity. Is what I'm, trying to, I'm trying to. Oh, you, the, this scene. Yes. Yeah. His explanation. Please. The flashback. Yeah. Human man with a beautiful mustache. We love him. All of his friends get shot down. Yes. He's freaking out. It's during World War One. He War. goes up and up and up and up. He Try. sees his friends. Yeah. Going up. Yeah. He sees like a big band of shimmery planes in the sky. Yeah. yeah. But he, but well, that's the thing. He, it's kind of very like Powell and Pressburger. But, you but know, he like sort of blacks out for a moment. Yeah. So he doesn't know if he's hallucinating, if he's died, if he's watching them go to heaven. Yeah. If he's but, entered some different plane. Even the part where he gets shot, even the part where the planes are getting shot down, though, feels like a hallucination because it doesn't feel like it's not like the, it's a super straightforward like war scene or something like right. that. It almost feels like they're flying in this like artistic formation. Yeah. And then the planes just start getting shot down. It's like a Buzzley Berkeley, like it looks like a water number or something. Yeah, they're yeah, all like yeah. diving down. Yeah. And then it just becomes a nightmare in this very weird way. Right. Right. But it, there is that sense that, right, he like glimpsed 
the other side maybe and like right. that something like that happened. But also that so much of this is uh, tied to the sort of shame of uh, uh, Gina's first husband. Uh, yes. Getting right, shot right. down that he lived. That, that is part of Gina's story guilt. where she's like, look, I fall in love with pilots. They're all dead. Right. This guy died there. That guy died there. You know. Right. But what can I do? He has a survivor guilt that is almost greater than the fact, the shame over him being a pig. Right. But they're probably tied together, right? Totally. Yeah. 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 And when he tells that story, uh, she sees his human face for a second. Mm -hmm. Then he a pig again. Then he a pig again. Uh, And then, come on, right? Doesn't Curtis show up? Well, the plane's ready. The pirates show up. The the plane's ready. The plane ready. Although it's like not been tested. You know, it's a little, it's a little way tricky. Well, the takeoff after they first finish the plane when they're flying on the water and like Theo is built in the compartment so that she can fly in Porco's plane earlier. Like that's. A beautiful sequence to me. I love him saying, you can't get my plane even if your butt is small. <laughs> there is a lot of butt talk. At a that lot point. of butt talk. Yeah. She's like, are you kidding me? My butt's so small. Like, yeah. you got the best butt you ever, for planes you ever heard about. He's got a pig butt. He yeah, has a pig butt. They have very different, right. Right. He's not one to, to uh, criticize butts, really. No. Right. Yeah. He is a pig. Yeah. I mean, his, that pork butt could go for a pretty penny. <laughs> a high-end restaurant. Uh... But but I one of my favorite visuals in the entire movie is all of the sea pirates, uh, sea sky pirates, uh, coming out of the little uh, tent on the beach. Yes, yes, the like, ambush stuffed in like the a clown ambush. car, and we then they talk- all like spill out. We talked about it in Castle of the Sky, but like he's very good at large adult sons. Like, and the the, yeah. the, the, yep. the, the pirates are in large both cases sons. large adult sons. Yeah, adults uh, adults in Miyazaki movies are always like the buffoons. most fascinating thing. Yes, yeah. yeah. Because it feels like a referendum on adults as a class of humans. He thinks they're stupid. Yeah, it really I mean, does. like his dads. We talk in Totoro and like a, his dads are usually dweebs. Yeah, yeah. like the dad is kind of like, hey man, whatever. Yeah. I think this movie gets the closest though to being like adults suck, but also I don't know. Porcaroso feels like it's it's for once Miyazaki trying to sell who I guess kids or adults on the idea of like adults can have adventures too. I right. guess right. Because otherwise, it's always kids meeting it's usually like, strange kids. monsters in a forest or whatever. This thing I like oh, about the Laika movies a lot. Fucking cool. I know I compare Miyazaki to Laika and Laika to Miyazaki sure. before in this miniseries, but Safe for Missing Link, which is the one I don't like. You j- Wait, which which he, one? Folks, he missing didn't Link, like it. I don't uh, like. But I think I think I realize one of the reasons I don't like it is that it doesn't have a uh, a child protagonist. Mm. And the Laika films are really good on that Miyazaki level of like. These adults have gotten so caught up in all this bullshit that doesn't matter that they're sort of like oblivious to what's really going on. Yeah, Link is kind of that character missing Link. Yes. I guess. Like he's the closest to your child protagonist. Right. right. And I don't like that he isn't the audience surrogate character. That the audience surrogate character. You don't you're, even tell 40 minutes I in. know. Your problem is the, the Jackman character. It's terrible. It's not great. Yeah. It's not great. It's like, what if someone was the worst? Yeah, what if someone was an asshole? Right. And you're like, is he going to learn not to be an asshole? And they're like, yeah, like right at the end. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't love that one either. I think you genuinely disliked it where I was like, it's okay. I hold it in such high regard. It looks great. Looks great. Do you like the Leica movies? Coraline? Yeah, I've never seen Coraline. Paranorman? You'd like Coraline. Uh, I don't have a take. take. You haven't seen Paranorman? No. Paranormal might might show up a bunch. Name the other ones. Keep going. My my best I've, of the the I've like Seen at least yeah. one of these. Uh, yeah, I took a swing at a decade list. That's you know I, I can. Tweak. I'm gonna take a couple swings. Um, it was some other Kubo. like as a Kubo. Kubo I, I, I I feel fifty fifty on Kubo. 
Because I, for, weirdly, I really loved the voice performances in Kubo. But it sucks that they're all white people. Yeah, yeah, I still like the performances, though. I don't know. I like that the performances. A, I yeah. like the style. Something about that movie didn't totally come together for me. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I respect it more than I enjoyed it, except for the voice performances, which I thought were fun. And then Box Trolls, I assume you haven't seen. No. You should check out Paranorman. Paranorman Fox. Listen, Paranorman. I've, I've seen going. Skyfall, Kubo. Porcoroso. <laughs> Melancholia? I don't know. Yeah. I'm running. It's like four of my 12 movies that I mean, I've ever these seen. These are all good movies. Uh, Lucy. Lucy, <laughs> another masterpiece made by a sex criminal. Yep. Yep. Uh, Katie just asked me for the Jackson, Lights Camera Jackson, Book Smart Review. I had to send it to her right away. Okay, there yeah. we go. Um, <laughs> you sent me that Brady Bunch thing. It took me like 20 minutes to realize that's the Brady Bunch house. Yes. He's a weird guy. Let's Cameron Jackson posted a video of himself walking down the street and singing Sunshine Day. And then at the end, the camera whip pans to reveal that he is in front of the uh, uh, house uh, from the brief. But it doesn't really, you're like, oh, okay. You know, yeah. like, it's like behind a wall. Yes. And it's like for sale. I just want him to do more musical numbers. Oh, is that what you want him to do? Yes. <laughs> of course, he does his 12. What if he like moves to InfoWars? Yeah, right. It could happen. It's a short walk. <laughs> do you like Lights Camera Jackson? Uh, no, but I do like the idea of Lights Camera Jackson moving to InfoWars mm-hmm. brand umbrella. I like Hi, that. Guys. I actually really like that. I'd right? like if Lights Camera Jackson was the completely apolitical movie critic. Like like Alex Jones was like, and here with another review is Lights Camera Jackson. That's the thing. Right, you can get right. Lights Camera Jackson, like Anthony like, Fantano. You can really yeah. put a lot of, you can right. actually build InfoWars into like a modern critical powerhouse if of Alex, a sort. You can do it. You Alex can do Jones it. doesn't change at all. The globalist. Everyone else he has around him is like a broadcasty, like yeah. sort of like pro. Right. And he's like, I give Stuber three bags of popcorn <laughs> yeah. or whatever, you know, whatever it is he does. If you're looking for a fun ride in the theaters this summer, you could do worse than hitching a ride with Stuber. But then like once in a while, a book smart comes along where he's like, ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> What? You know, like, you know, like, it's clearly like like it's like he's trying to shift without pushing down the clutch. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's like, these are teenagers. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, yeah. You know, and then he has to like go like I don't know, go back to his Borg cube yeah. for a day to like recharge or whatever. His to like camera movie, Jackson does. But these teens break all the rules. <laughs> Like literally, his, I say cuff him. His written review of Booksmart is, this Sinatra is like Sinatra. Now what happened here? <laughs> oh man, what if Sinatra lights to do him? His review of Booksmart, his written review. It, it's just like him being like teens don't behave this way. Outrageous. You They're know, dishonest. I, <laughs> they don't listen to a thing their teachers tell them to do. <laughs> Let me find the actual. Review now. Did you see Booksmart? Jack? I haven't seen Booksmart. The last movie I saw with you was Power Rangers. Oh yeah, that shit was That's fire. That's a I great like movie. Rangers. Right. I, I, yeah, the last movie I saw in a theater had to be First Man, which I liked a lot. Uh, wow, so you see like one movie. I, yeah, it's, wow. I, uh, Here we go. Wow. Here we go. Okay. The entire narrative revolves around the fact that Amy and Molly don't know the locations of the night's hot part. The location of the night's hot party. We're supposed to believe that these two classmates, who are apparently intelligent young women. They can't find out where this huge party is. Utterly ridiculous. <laughs> well, you know, Lights is the guy who always knows where the party's at, though. That's the thing. He's, he's, he's like, never... I was aware of every party. Right. No one ever definitely didn't tell me where a party was. I chose to abstain. 
The kids are, big surprise, a stereotypical bunch of modern high school misfits. Instead of running for co- getting ready for college, this cast looks like they should be wrapping up grad school. <laughs> old look. Uh, he really did not. He gave it an F. What's his time of the year? Do we know this year? I feel like. I don't know. Uh, his only A listed right now is for Wild Rose, which is a good movie. That is a good movie. Love that movie. Did you see it? Yeah, I loved it. Isn't it fucking great? Yeah. Oh my god, I didn't know you saw it. I'm yeah, excited. It's really good. It's so good. It's really good. I've been listening to the soundtrack. Me a lot too. Today. I didn't realize Mary Steenburgen wrote that song. She wrote the fucking song. Mary Steenburgen. She just woke up one day and was like, I can write country music now and wrote yeah. down a song. It was famous people are weird. Yeah. Yeah. She's bizarre. Yeah. But Wild Rose. Have you seen Wild Rose? Ben. Not. This this lady. Okay. It's a woman from Glasgow who She's gets out of jail. Glasgow. She gets out of jail. For smuggling heroin. She's a single mom Whoa. with two kids. She gets out of jail. She lives in Scotland in Glasgow. She's real wild. Working as a cleaning lady, but all she wants to do is get to Nashville. And sing country music. Cool. Yeah. She just wants to fucking honky tonk. Three chords in the truth. It's oh so bad. And bad she accent. has that kind bad of, accent, she has sorry. that Scottish accent. Played by Justy Buckley. Yeah. And then, like, when she gets on stage, she sounds like Miranda Lambert or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she just has this, like, incredible voice. Fucking, one of those movies where I went to the screening being like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess this is a movie. I, I know nothing about it. And, like, two minutes in, I was like, yep. 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 You got me. Yep. yep. I'm into this. Um, right in the corner. Yep. yep. Uh, and, look, encourage people to see it. Don't want to spoil it. But the last, like, 20 minutes is where I went from being like, this is very effective to being like, this movie's really fucking Same. smart. Agreed. It does Agreed. some things that are not, like, pointedly not manipulative. Agreed. That Agreed. are very, very emotionally intelligent. He didn't like the dead don't die either. Adam Driver repeatedly says the line, this is going to end badly. Not only does it end badly, but it begins badly. And the middle is even worse. I mean. Wow. He did Vicious. Yeah, I know. You, you got to give him some points for some killer dunks there. Rack attacks. Yeah. <laughs> He's on fire. Booker Rasa, come on. They have the big duel. <laughs> they do have a big, they have a very prolonged, the, the it's insane. It's also bizarre. <laughs> I think it's pretty funny. I think it's Miyazaki making fun of men. Like, yeah, 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 it's yeah, totally right. that, but yeah. it's so, it it goes hard. It, it, it goes hard. Well, and, the image of them are all their faces all like swollen after they've been That's what I love. The fist fight. It's, it's, it's no like they fight in the sky. It yeah. comes back down to the, they're fighting right. in the, they're fighting on the shore. And this right. is after they've been shamed into like honorable combat by, you know, Theo being like, uh, uh, you're seaplane pirates. Like, are you seaplane whatever, whatever. Like, like yeah, right, right. And then all the pirates at this point have just given up on pirate. They're just sort of yeah, they're just like wearing around. normal clothes and like this is crazy. <laughs> it's love, crazy. These guys fighting. I love how they're brutal fighting. the fist fight is because it's not like a scuffle. It's like a gentleman's fist fight. Right. Yeah. The, the, the it, moment right. when Theo like pulls of, up the chair to be the corner coach oh, for Porco yes. is so great. But, but it is like Marquis of Queen, Queensbury, like, like I, like, yeah. I suck you in the face. And then the you take a fist. moment. Yeah, right. Right. You prepare your one punch. Yeah. <laughs> like there's like a real like give and take, but yeah. also their faces just get like so grotesque looking. There's no music and it's just the sounds of like their faces smushing. Yeah. Right. Right, when she cornermans him, it's like uh, fucking 10 comedy points. <laughs> and then what's the way that uh, he finally gets a, a... He's like, by the way, fucking Gina likes you. You got, you got a pick. Just... You can't have both women. Ben, you're a boxer. It's true. Parko's face turns red. What do you think of that? 
the punching, the fighting scene. The fighting is fun, man. I mean, the they I they they show cartoons actually take punches, which is rare. Yeah. Usually they're unaffected or they sort of it's like, like a dust cloud sort of like into skirmish. A feather. Yeah, right. yeah, dust right. cloud skirmish is this right. This is like real like punching and mm-hmm. bruising and mm-hmm. swelling. I love a dust cloud. Skirmish. And then uh, of And I course, love a gentleman's fight. Right. Yeah. He you goes red. He freezes. Gets the punch on him. Parker goes down, but it's right after the bells ring. Right. Right. Doesn't right. count. So he gets time. away with it. Right. right. Yeah. Um, and the water's all shallow, which I like that too. Mm-hmm. Um, Gina shows up mm-hmm. in a plane, just like yeah. nonchalantly. So she just sort of lands the plane. It's like, oh, what's going She's on? She's like, <laughs> FYI, the Italian Air Force is en route. Yeah. They're trying to catch you, Porco. Trying um, to make some prosciutto. They say that <laughs> in the boxing match. Yeah, He's like, turn, I'm going to turn you into prosciutto. I mean, hey, yeah. I'd eat it. Hey. You, but, this guy, you'd eat him? If you I went to, to kill butcher, him and then cure him. Yeah. If I went a, to the butcher and they were like, and like, you know, looked around. Know. And like, I got something in Side the back. Eye. And they pull out like a platter of prosciutto. I'm like, oh, it looks nice. And they're like, Parker Rosso. <laughs> I'd be like, all right, sure. How it, much? 20 bucks a pound? If Let's it was, do it. Okay, if it was the <laughs> finest looking prosciutto you've ever yeah, seen, right. but it had goggles and a mustache. On. Mm. So you couldn't look at it without, th- you can remove them both, Wait. but you have to go through the effort of yeah, removing right. them and thinking about who you're eating. Yeah, but struggle. the meat, because he drinks so much wine throughout the oh, movie, it's like that meat is going to be really rich. Yeah. Oh, boy. I love it. I would never eat him. He's one of my best friends. <laughs> I don't that's eat one friends. of my favorite As a Simpsons. Rule, I don't eat friends. Oh, he Late smokes Simpsons. though, so that's the other thing. It's like the wine, but then he smokes mm, a lot. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. What if cigars though? Yeah. What if like that's nice, how you make a, a nice, a nice taste in animal? Is like you got the farm farm guy who's like, I only let them smoke the finest Cubans. Like, <laughs> yeah. All these big yeah. smoking cigars. It's a smoked ham. <laughs> yeah, my foie gras. The the goose smokes three Cubans a day. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? Oh no! Yeah, the Simpsons joke. I, that's one of my favorite late, favorite late Simpsons jokes. What? Is uh, is Homer eating the lobster that is his pet? Where he's like, it's so good. And then, like, you don't remember snappy? that? Snappy is that his name? It's not Snappy, but it's, it's something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. Uh, that I think that episode's really funny. Pinchy. Pinchy. <laughs> that's a better. That's a better lobster. And yeah. you remember how he kills Pinchy? No, how's he kill? <laughs> he gives him a hot bath. He's like, oh, he's upstairs. I wanted to draw him a bath after a long day. And Marge is like, Homer. And then it cuts to him like eating pinchy. After a long day. <laughs> oh, good guy. Oh, sorry. We don't do enough Simpsons jokes on this. This whole podcast should just be us remembering bits from The Simpsons. Oh, yeah, honey People love the money that. Melon. Right. Honeydew is the money melon. What if we go back to it being a podcast about how there was only ever nine seasons of The Simpsons? Oh, sure. We pretend. <laughs> There's no bit to that. That's just a mm. nice world. I know. Right. Like, the whole point of The Phantom Menace being the only movie is, like, that's kind of a weird world. Yes. The Simpsons ending with season 10 is just a nice world. What God wanted. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. What season are they on now? Uh, well, Simpsons starts the year I'm born, so I believe they're on season 30 or 31. Season 30 just ended. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so 31 starting up right around the time this episode's dropping. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, too much. How many episodes are there in total? Can I, can I take 662. Wow. Thank you for letting me guess. Sorry. 
the final, the ending is this beautiful, like, Theo voiceover where it's like, yes. this is her story now. It. She gets authorship of it. This becomes about this brief moment she had with this crazy pig man. I love that she tells us that she gets a long-lasting friendship with Gina out of it. Right, because he kind of hands her over to Gina. Right. He's like, you deal with you this. You go with her. But then right. she's like, we've remained friends for a very long time. I took over Piccolo. Yep. Uh, what, what's it called? Piccolo Aviators, Aviation or yeah. whatever the name of the company is. Yeah. And she's like, and Gina and I had a great relationship. And I'm not going to tell you what happened to Porco showed up when she was in your garden. This, this is for us to know. This is my story. I think I, the problem, though, Theo's kind of papering over something, which is she takes over Piccolo. Mm-hmm. They live in Italy, mm-hmm. and then eventually World War II happens. That's so Theo makes a killing off of making airplanes for the Italian guy. Like, hey, what's that's the, what the Wind Rises the, is about, story, right? You know? it? Yeah, it's but like, it's look, just He's like, he's like, I just love planes. I didn't realize they were going <laughs> to be used to drop bombs on Pearl Harbor. What if the Porco Rosso sequel is he comes back and he's like, let's, let's fucking deflect. Let's like let's kill the Nazis. Right. right. What right, if it's right, like right, a vigilante, right. you know? Well, the sequel is Spanish Civil War, though. So it's pre World War yeah. II. Oh, so that's but he's again Earth. fighting fascists. Yeah. yeah. I assume he's not. That's how they get off the uh, into Franco. I choose to believe. What if Porco has to fight Fio? What if Fio has like this airplane? She has this empire and no. Porco you know has to. I like this idea that it's the Spanish Civil War. Justin, you dark. Justin, <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea it's the Spanish Civil Feel. War, and now I'm realizing what I want is to believe that all the characters died right before Hitler took power. Yeah, there you go. They um, all just had nice, peaceful deaths. Right, they all just, like, leaned back in their, you know, with a magazine yeah. on their face, and that was it. Yeah, mm-hmm. they overdosed on relaxation and contentment. Yeah, that's the way to go Okay, can I do 800 years old. Can I see this box office game yeah. with the top films in Japan? When was the release? Did you ha- Do you have some American box office? Oh, it's like 2018, the, the re-release. Oh, I mean, I mean, I have that if you want it. And the numbers, I assume, are not. I don't know. Oh, wait, wait what numbers? Sorry? What? I mean, it came out in 92. That's its right. like, actual release date. I mean, if you want to guess the number one film, which is a sequel in which the character knows that he's in a movie, go right ahead. Deadpool 2. Correct. And then, you know, number two film is, you know, a masterpiece about a big blue, a big purple man. Masterpiece of a big purple man. It's not a masterpiece. Pretty good movie. Big purple guy. Big purple guy. Avengers Infinity War. Yeah, right. And then it's number three movie. is a masterpiece about reading books. It's not books. A book club. Book club. An actual masterpiece. Right. Uh, number four is a movie I've never. LeBron Bergen getting buckets. Oh, number four is a, a Ben Falcone film. So, you know, it was number one oh, most people's year. Uh, but right. But which one? Life of the Party. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Uh, and the number five was, um, what's this one again? Oh, it's where Payback was a mother. Peppermint? No, but. That kind of movie? <laughs> sure. Is it more serious? Yeah. Or more comedic? More serious. And Payback is a mother. Payback is a mother in this film. The woman getting Payback is a mother. Yeah, sure. That's the that's takeaway. The, that's the take. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And it's like Peppermint? Yeah. Uh, an actress you really like, I think. Actress Do you know this movie? I really like? Yeah. You know this movie? Maybe not. Take yes. the guess. No, you take... No, because it's like... Only, I, it's the only one that I almost saw. I, I haven't seen any of the movies in question. You almost saw this yeah. one? Do you think I've seen it? Mm, I don't think so. But it is an actress I really like? I think so. I told her... I, I mentioned her name at the basketball episode, and you got really excited. Oh, oh, this movie's bad. 
Oh, is it bad? Breaking in? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this movie should be great. Right, but it's not good. It's one of the most disappointing films the last five years. Along with um, that Taraji movie you didn't like either, Proud Mary. Ugh, yeah. Right. Yeah, both of them are just like, this is right there. And the actresses are really locked in and the movie's a fucking mess. Uh, Breaking in, directed by James McTeague. Yep, who I sat next to at a dinner once. Wow. Uh, Breaking in's a very bad film. Okay. Um, okay, top 10 highest grossing films in the history of Japan. At, at a not, point so in time... In general, not like animation, just in correct, general. Correct. American person. and Japanese releases. Okay. There's only oh. one that you will not be able to get. There's one that is a Japanese so film that I it. imagine you haven't heard of. Say it. It's number eight. It's called Bayside Shakedown 2. Sounds great, though. Uh, yeah. Ponyo is number 11. It just recently got uh, pushed out. Okay? Oh, wow, rude. Uh, very rude. Or it got pushed out in 2016. Uh, but now guess the top 10 highest grossing films... In the history of Japan, it is one, two, three, four, five Japanese films, five American films. I'll tell you the nationality of each one before you guess. And I've given you number eight, Bayside Shakedown 2. Number 10 is an American film. Number 10 is? Number 10 is an American film. It grossed 15.60 billion yen. Damn. Is your name on this list? My name? No, your name. The movie, your name? It is. Okay. Which number? Four. Hell yeah. I, that this is that's what I would. I do. love your name. I feel like we should just try. Oh, from the to top throw up? shit at the wall. No, okay. just see like if we can get any like sort of like a classic, you know, like elimination. Okay, style. so let's right. do that. Okay. So now we have four and eight. You have four and eight. All right, Spirited Away is number one still. Wow. Still, that is incredible. Number one. I think they re-release it sometimes. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I'm looking at this number here, and it feels like maybe that's just the number. Because nothing has come close to it. Wow. There is one film that has made... Spirited Away is at 30 yen. 30 billion yen. 30 billion yen. Right. The number two film with 26 billion yen... Avatar? No. Wow. Is it on the top 10? It is, but it's 10. Huh? Because what's interesting is after I looked at this list, I was going down a rabbit hole of other countries' top 10 highest grossing films. Almost all of them have Avatar in the top three. Right. Like in like the UK. But for some reason, like Avatar didn't hit quite Ten. as big. In. Okay. Interesting. 10. And it's not that it got replaced by more recent films. Okay. You know? Uh, so Ponyo's number 11. Yeah. Avatar's number 10. Mm-hmm. Bayside Shakedown's number 8. Mm-hmm. Spirited Away is number 1. There are three. And we got, and your name is Oh, your name is number 4. Titanic. It, it did 25. Titanic is number 2. Yeah. So Spirited, Ooh, nice. 30. Titanic, 26. Wow. Your name 25. There's one other film with essentially 25 and a half. 25.4. American or Japanese? It's an American film. It's the most recent film to crack the list. It's the only American film from this decade to crack the list. What's interesting here is there's a lot more staying power than in the American top 10 that keeps rotating. Where the franchise is just... Because this list is like 2001, 97, 2014, 2016, 01, 04, 97, 03, 02, 09. 2014 release 25.48 billion yen. It's the third highest grossing film in the history of Japan. Any other clues? It is the only American animated film to make the list. Oh, Ooh, American animated. Spirit Away is number one. Titanic's number American two. Animated. And this, the third highest grossing film in the history yeah. of Japan is an American animated film. The only American animated film to seem to permeate the culture. Because I'm even looking down here, 
The next highest grossing American animated film is number 23, okay. is Finding Nemo. And then you have to go down to 28 is Toy Story 3. Wally's before then. Is it a Pixar movie? It is not. Damn. Wow. I don't know. Wow. I mean, do you want to throw out some other guesses for the other spots? We've got an Avatar. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll give you a hint. There are three Miyazakis, and you've only guessed one of them. We've only guessed Spirited Away. Uh, Howl. Is Howl in there? Correct. Is number six with 19.6 billion yen. Yeah, and that's a movie about a moving castle. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and Totoro. then Nope. No. Not the earlier ones are less. They were more like video uh, hip yeah. and yeah. things like that. So I, I'm going to guess the other one is Mononoke. Correct. Yes. 19.3. Uh, Howl's Movie Castle, Mononoke, very close to each other. Right. Six and seven on the list. Oh, yeah. So how many left? We got this American animated movie to uh, go. I'm just realizing Mononoke would have been the number two film at the time with Titanic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, Mononoke uh, was Right. Was and the then these other for... things that come yeah, above yeah, yeah, it yeah. have been released yeah, since. No, yeah. Spirit Away, number one. Yeah. Titanic, number two. Your Name, number four. Hell's Movie Castle, six. <laughs> Mononoke, seven. Bayside Shakedown, two, number eight. Mm-hmm. Avatar, ten. Right. You're missing the American animated film, uh-huh. which grows 25 billion yen. And you're missing the five and the nine slots, I will say, are both from the same franchise. They're two American films from the same franchise. Not a lot of clues here. Okay, you want more clues? I mean, three, I feel like I've given you so many clues. It's a 2014 2014. animated film that is not from Pixar. It's huge. It was huge everywhere. It's not like it overperformed here. Yeah, no. I'm trying to remember. It's some blind spot that I'm like, It's a massive blind spot. Is one of the movies that's had the greatest cultural impact of the last 10 years. Correct. Frozen. Frozen is the third highest grossing film in the history of Japan. I was getting lost in like DreamWorks and stuff. I I forgot about regular old Disney. When you say animated, I'm thinking of animated and not... CGI. Not, right, artificial intelligence. Yeah, it's the only computer-generated movie. And then there are two films from the same franchise. What is interesting to me is that they are the first two films of that franchise. So is it Avengers and Ultron? It's Iron Man. No. No. I and it's not it's it's not super truly hero. the first two films of the franchise. Oh, uh, okay. It's not like Avengers is like a sub thing. Yeah. Uh because especially overseas, uh most franchises built. Yeah. The overseas market built. Yeah. And this is two movies the franchise peaked. I mean it's literally it's this is fascinating because Number five, all-time Japan, is the first film in the series. Number nine, all-time Japan, is the second film in the series. Spider-Man? Number 13 is the third film in the series, which underperformed everywhere else. Oh. And then number 23 is the fourth film. Like, each of them did less, whereas in the States, they pretty much grew. Uh, There are two films in a long franchise that has since ended. X-Men. Definitively. Definitively. And they have been trying to do other shit around it. It's not X-Men? So, like, they're like, uh, can we do other stuff in other mediums? Can we make movies that are sort of connected but aren't really the same thing? They're trying to keep the sanctity of the movies. But I feel like everyone feels like it's a matter of time until they bring the original actors back and do a new film. Oh, oh. That feels like the thing where everyone's, like, waiting and they're like, they're going to be a little bit older. To bring them back and do it. What is it? No, don't don't do it yet. All right. The first two films. I mean, I'll give you the biggest clue. They're from 2001 and 2002. They come out in successive years. 
and they're huge. One makes 20 billion yen, one makes 17 billion yen. Yep. Harry Potter. Never would have gone there. Philosopher's Stone is the fifth highest grossing film in the history of Japan. Chamber of Secrets is nine. Chamber of Secrets. Like the one that everyone's like, oh yeah, I guess so. Now let me throw out some other crazy stats, okay? Last Samurai, the 12th highest grossing film in the history of Japan. Armageddon, tied for 13 with E.T. and Harry Potter. Deserves it. Armageddon deserves it. The 16th highest grossing film in the history of of Japan. Right. And far and away the most recent film to appear on Ridley the Ridley Scott's a good year. I knew that one. Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And then you get into like Jurassic Park, Phantom Menace, Wind Rises. <clears throat> 21 is uh, Alice in Wonderland. Mm. Has a very big presence in the um, Tokyo Disney theme park by all accounts. Uh, <laughs> no comment. Everyone else, I feel like, is just sort of like, okay, we're done. And the 31st highest grossing film in the history of Japan? Why, of course, it's the original Bayside Shakedown, the movie. Uh, me, I love a Bayside Shakedown. Uh, Anytime in a, I'm in Bayside. I'm more of a Bayside Shakedown, too, guy. Well, you know, I agree. <laughs> I'm tired. Uh, so that was fun. People me, I had to see that, uh, that Tarantino movie. That kid's a punk. <laughs> You ask me, I like a good old-fastened Bayside Shakedown. Okay. Okay. Um, America's cheering, all of our listeners. They love it. Doing the wave. I don't get why this is my Sinatra. I don't think he sounds like this. No. But this is what I'm doing. It sounds like your impression of my Joseph Gordon. I know. That's kind of what it is. I was thinking about that. I know the precise weight of this loaded die. I'm going to sell these government secrets. I'm Edward Snowden, and I made a weird commitment to replicating his voice, even <laughs> though no weird. one cares. A weird. No one uh, cared about hello, any part of that movie. it is me, Philippe uh, Petit. I am French. I, uh, of course, I'm a French. I walked on a baguette. That yeah. was my first balancing act. We said how he needs to complete a the trilogy. A stale baguette. <laughs> the complete trilogy of, uh, of auteurs who peaked in the 80s and 90s making unnecessary remakes of uh, best documentary winners. Okay, so. And at the time I called that, we had not. So you had yet. The Walk, and then you have. Um, Snowden. Uh, Snowden. I'm just Citizen Four. Right. And since I made that call, another one has joined the fray in the okay. annals of Best Documentary, which is clearly what he will do. Free solo. He will do a free solo yeah. remake. I'm Alex Honnold. Yes. I gotta climb this here, El Capitan. Right. I can't do him. He'll do a free solo remake with Like who's a lost nineties director. Yeah. Curtis uh Hansen. He's dead. dead. Sydney Pollock is dead. <laughs> In fairness, most of the people we've dragged into, like, we've talked about a lot of dead people that we've nonetheless sort of reanimated for the purpose of this podcast. We've interrupted them. Uh, Do you have any final Porco Rosso or Miyazaki thoughts? Uh, Just watch. I mean, the movie's great. Like, it's, why is it You texted me. He doesn't put shit on. No, but it's annoying because it's just like people should watch the Flying Pig movie. I agree. We didn't even spend that much time on the plot because it's not a, it's not plot. Again, it's like you read the manga. It's 14 pages. You get it. The whole point is the, it's the visual spectacle. It's animation. It's the loving details. It's character. Yeah, exactly. It's a character driven film. Yes. I love it. He's one of my best friends. It's the best movie ever based on an in-flight video. But even even as a character-driven film, it's not even that much of a script-driven. Like, it really, they're, I don't know, man. It's, it's behavioral, and it's yeah, attitude. Behavioral. Like, I was just yes. watching it, and I was like, I'm in on the vibe of this movie. Like, like I Gina can, doesn't say shit, but you yeah. get such a vibe from Gina because she just sort of walks through the movie. I can set my watch this, to this movie because yeah. I understand the way it's ticking. You yeah. know, it's just like, I get it, baby. 
I love that pig. He's just a pig, and I he's working on his. Pig. He's working on his plane. I love that pig, he's baby. Uh, he's working on his plane. Maybe we will get Porco Two one day. Ben, you like this one, right? You're happy. You're happy. Porco Two. Fio goes fash. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's Porco it. Two. Red pill. Red pill. <laughs> um. Next week we have. Uh, Mononoke. Ah, yeah. Mononoke. Mononoke. Yeah. Great movie. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree that next week we have Mononoke. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I can't argue with that, Ben. Don't. It's the truth. I feel like David has given up. He's staring off into the middle. Someone distance. sent me a text that took me a second to puzzle out, <laughs> but I, I figured it out. Can you read it or is no, it private? No, I, I'll read it off my. Okay. Uh, yeah. No. No. Uh, I love Porco. He might not be my favorite Miyazaki, but uh, I think that's good that we have the two sides between us. Sure. Okay. Well, geez, I was I saying said, it's a compliment. I was agreeing. I you said, went sure. I just think if you watch Porcaroso and then go watch the documentary about Ghibli, The Kingdom of Dreams and Madness, yes. it's like putting two and two right, together. Right. You're like, oh, I get like, it. This guy, this guy, yeah. this chain smoking weirdo who makes these movies in his weird apron, it's just like, he's the pig. He does have a weird apron. He's okay. the pig. He have the you pig. watched the ramen video? No. I'll find it. I've been saving a lot of these things yeah, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. for later. Yeah. Uh, Justin, thank you for being here. Thank you. This is fun. Uh, and you don't watch a lot of movies, but we finally got yeah. you. I on. listen to a lot of blank check. You know, yes, you that's do. kind of like being into movies. And you're you're this interesting. interesting subsect of uh, blankies, which is uh, people who like the podcast and don't like movies. Yeah, it's great. You know? Which is a subset. There yeah. are some. Yeah, there are. True. There was. Uh, yeah, yeah. I Although see. I do like the Star Wars prequels, which is how I got into blank check. Really? Yeah. What, what's your? Well, rank? I like. I like. I like thinking about. I'm like you know. I like thinking about them more than I like certainly. I don't like Attack of the Clones, so I should retract my previous statement. I really dislike that movie. But I, you know, I like You're Star one, Wars. You, you got into the Star Wars. Can yeah. I, can I say something crazy? Sure. Haven't rewatched any of them since we did that. that Me neither. Of course you would. Year. Why would you? Right. We watched them too. We much. were immersed, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the more I like think about stuff, I'm like, is Attack of the Clones my favorite of the It's third? not! It's bad! It's so bad. It's so I can I I, I will end with this. I will say I remember release day of Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. My mom took me to see that movie. Retired and bit. if you think that like I I I I cannot reconcile how excited I was to mm-hmm. go see a Star Wars movie. I saw Phantom Menace in the theater. I liked it. I was a kid. But Attack of the Clones, I literally it's during the the Django Fett chase scene, mm. I fell asleep. Wow. My mom had to wake me up. I fell asleep during that the Django Fett That's chase. very early yeah, in the film. I was like all in. Mm-mm. Couldn't do it. Wow. Uh, it's the only time I've ever fell asleep in the movie theater was watching Attack of the Clones when they're in the asteroid belt. I just dozed wow. off. I'll say, I mean, you know, we've, we've mentioned this before, but I feel like we were harder on those movies because of the bit we were doing. Partly, that's true, because they certainly don't live up to standing outside of the Star Wars right, universe. Right, they're only interesting in dialogue with the original films and how much he deviates from them. Yeah. How how reticent he is to, like, do what people want yeah. is what's interesting about them. I don't think any of us, either of us would argue that they're good. But I feel like if we watch them with context, we both have more complimentary things to say. You say that, but it's not true. This is the, It's just the trick. And yeah. We talk about it so much where we're like, you're like, eh, Phantom Menace might be good. And you turn it on and you're like, 
no, I don't like it. And then it ends and you're like, but maybe there's something there. <laughs> you know, like it's like when it's on, you're like, yeah. oh, I see. Right? No, this is tough. It's very boring. Right, right, right. But then the second it ends, you're like, but you know, what about Watto? Let's think about it. It is fascinating now how much like the prequel defenders are becoming like a thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The exact oh, people who are like, thing. finally we kicked Lucas. Like the people who are like texting death threats to Lucas. Yeah. Are now like fucking Kathy Kennedy. She doesn't have the balls to make a prequel. She doesn't have the balls to make bad movies that yeah. no one likes. We talked about this on our Evangelion podcast at the ringer of like all the people who are mad at the Netflix dub are the same people who in fucking like 2001 hated the original English dub because they were like, oh, it took so many liberties with the original Japanese script. And, and now just, they fandom is up. like a curse. It's a fucking it is a curse. And they it's an wanna, Ouroboros and a curse. They want to be able to say that the last thing was better than this yeah. thing. It's always yeah. that's that's the art. You had to be there. It's always the logic of like, you had to be yeah. there for the real Putting thing. The work. Weed was so much better than. Yeah. We're done, guys. Breaking my back as a Star Wars fan for five years. Oh, that's <laughs> true. I have been breaking my back. Yeah. We're done. We're two boys with broken backs. Thank you for being here, Justin. Marco! Thank uh, you. Thanks for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Uh, thanks to Andrew Gudo for our social media. Thanks to Lane Montgomery for our theme song. Pat Reynolds and Joe Bowen for our artwork. Go to blankies.com for some real nerdy shit. Go to TeePublic for some real nerdy shirts. I think we're working on some new shirts that will be hitting breaking around. The inter- they'll be breaking the internet around Christmas time or whatever. Black Friday. Oh, sure. Fine. Yeah. This year they're going to have to call it Blank Friday. Aren't they? David, this year? <laughs> they're going to have to call it Blank Friday. People are going to be storming the malls looking for their so- checky merch. Oh, boy. Tickle me checky. Please can we be done? Get ready for Tickle Me Checky. <laughs> okay. You can use it as a pillow. Dollar bill, y'all. You put them in your pillowcase. Dollar right. bill, y'all. Right. Next week, Princess Mononoke. Yep. And as always. Go to Patreon. Patreon.com. Blank check. Listen to some Marvel commentaries. Yep. They're good. What are we up to now? Uh, Good question. What would be approaching? Far from home? Uh, Homecoming? It's going to be Black Panther next. Oh! Great commentary. A great one with Jamel Bowie. Yeah. I mean, we really actually did a good job on that. I agree. Although once in a while, we're I just... Don't call your shot. I think... I, th- I remember when I was done, I was like, huh, that was good. It's... I, don't you don't you start. What? I know you don't like Michael B. Jordan. I love Jamel. Love I don't Jamel. like love Michael Jamel. B. Jordan in that Fuck. movie in Fuck. particular. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> I don't, we fought about this it. movie, I think he's good. I think uh, he's good in Fruitvale, which is not a good movie. I think he's I bad in Black Panther, which is also, uh, well, it's better than Fruitvale, but... Good movie. Jamel's good. I'll listen to it for Jamel. Yeah, you should. Good movie is a good episode. It's also one of those things where like, sometimes we're just quiet because we're like, oh, that's a good scene. You know, like, and we're suddenly just like... Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. This is cool. So, also, usually when we do the commentaries and they're three in a row like that, by the third one, we're like crazy. Right, right. And, and this one, we're just kind of like, oh, yeah. Oh, we're like, huh. oh, I'm just going to give in to this movie. Good I don't movie. have the energy. Yeah, Black Panther. Yeah. It actually holds up great when you do that because you've seen other yeah. ostensibly fun and I good Arm Marvel movies. Yeah. And then suddenly you're like, oh, oh, this is oh, like this operating. Is special. This is right, like a right, movie. right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway. Yeah. So that's coming up. And as always, Porco Rosso Fox. I don't know. The episode's <laughs> over. Get out of here. He doesn't. He does. Wait, you don't think he fuck? I think the whole. He seems kind of like, I don't know. Okay, episode's no, no, back no, on. No, no, I think the whole point of Porco Rosso is that he fucks. And the movie is like him largely 
remembering what it is like to be one who fucks. Yeah. All right, sure. He fucked and he will fuck again. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's the tension in the movie. I don't think and he makes love because I don't think he will let anyone in to that. The thing. guy who sits there and eats that plate of pasta like he does and sips that wine like he, that guy fucks. <laughs> that's a man. That guy fucks. Okay, you're right. You're right. He's you're all right. about pleasures of the flesh. I don't know if Miyazaki I think, fucks. I think a new funny thing would be to be like, I saw the new Quentin. That movie makes love. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh boy. God, the souvenir makes love. Souvenir does make love. Yes, it does. Donald Curtis does not love. Hey, Ben, we're done. Yay. (laughs) That was fun. Oh, my God. David? Yep. Wonder what it would be like to be David Bowie's neighbor? Uh, sure, I guess so. Uh, you know, to live station to station with him, of course. Or I don't know. Uh, let's say what it would be like to get into a water gun fight with Tupac. Oh boy, that sounds very thematic. Uh huh. Well, uh, I got a little surprise from you. Okay. Uh, from Audio Boom and Muddy Knees Media, a life lived reveals how the lives of the biggest stars were truly lived. Oh, this is the show that has exclusive interviews mm-hmm. from the people who knew them in life. Yep. Journalist Stephanie Okupniak tells the stories of the dead. Yeah, this isn't like some Crypt Keeper style show, okay? A Life Lived is a tribute to the icons who changed countless lives and continue to do so, even in death. Each Monday, Stephanie will tell the tale of another deceased celebrity through interviews with relatives and friends of the deceased sharing their personal stories. I want to make it clear, this is not a spooky story show. We're talking about dead people so much that you might think this is an Are You Afraid of the Dark reboot, but it's not, okay? On A Life Lived, you'll hear about the lives lived by Amy Winehouse, Muhammad Ali, Carrie Fisher, and many more. You can tune in to find out Stanley's relationship advice, the Queen of Soul's favorite food, and which hardcore rocker fought Kurt Cobain. And I promise you, they're not going to talk about Draculas, Frankensteins, Wolf men or women. All right. This is an Audio Boom original. It's an unmissable li- listen. This Audio Boom original is an unmissable listen. Uh, that, a life lived. Yeah. yeah, it's a very easy thing to say, unmissable listen. Uh-huh. And a life lived is out <laughs> now. Okay? Right now. Okay. I'm ready. It's knock up on you. Okay. There's new episodes every Monday. So be sure to search for and subscribe to A Life Lived on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. No ghosts allowed. Unmissable listen. Unmissable listen. <laughs> Don't miss it. You can't. New, unique New York. Unmissable no. listen. Unmissable listen.